Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Bill. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that strives one day to make it to the cover of Fangoria. On the cover of the old Fango. <laughs> My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode... It's the most wonderful time of the year. And we are celebrating all things spooky and scary this month. Yes! And we begin by talking to some of the phenomenally freaky folks from this year's Slash and Bash Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And whether you have appeared in both a Todd Sheets and Jill Gavargazian film or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your local hole. <laughs> and we are staying local on social media. In fact, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and out of town shenanigans. Uh, and if you live in the Kansas City area, uh, head on over to screenland.com where you will find they have your local shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. So we'll get to you out of towners as well. Exactly. And the Friday this episode is releasing on the 7th, our latest Friday Night Fright genius mm-hmm. is. One that not only competed in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Yes. But it went all the way. All the way. And won this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is celebrating its 40th year of terror. And it's and still the warmest place to hide. Man, indeed. He's fun to hunt and fun to hide in. Mm-hmm. And some will argue this is John Carpenter's best film. We are taking and starting Shocktober off with... Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh, are we in one? Of course we're going to be in one. Ooh, you bring, cannot contain The right? Thing in theater, too. I hope they crank up the AC because it's going to be fall, it's going to be cold in the theater because it's already cold in one anyway, and I love it, right? And so like, make it more cold and then even more cold with the atmosphere. Mwah, this is going to be wonderful. And a movie, the last time I watched it was just a few years ago. Uh-huh. And we always talk about the baggage you bring with each screening. It was pretty intense the last time I watched it. Because it was COVID when we watched it. it and was... it was when we were just getting out of COVID mm-hmm. and it was hardcore because we were still like, okay, who who has who has the plague and not who's the thing? Who is it? You know? Uh, so no, yeah. that it's this one's gonna be a fun watch. It's always good to watch the thing. Oh, always good to watch the it's thing. It's never a bad time to watch the thing, but it's the best time when it's cool mm-hmm. and like i said this is usually one i will reserve until christmas snows, snows on the ground yeah absolutely but regardless uh please come on out for that now looking forward to next friday night's fright mm-hmm. and another one where we're really celebrating um a filmmaker that i i don't think gets enough credit actually because if you look at the work of tom holland mm-hmm. just in terms of fright night well, i was gonna say one of your favorite movie one of the be all end alls but the fact that he also wrote a number of films 
but some will say 1988's Child's Play is his masterpiece. Yeah, this is going to be rad. The OG. And I still have yet to see Chucky season one. And I heard two is coming out, if it not is. already out by now. Well, and that's just it. It's They're kind of ideally, because again, this is a movie that uh, probably launched a thousand phobias. I don't know about fetishes oh, yeah. oh, per no, se. Oh, no, probably not with Chucky. That wasn't until Bride that of Chucky. That was until Bride of Chucky when the, the, fe- uh, the fetishes came in. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tom Holland and his work in genre and not spider-man though i know and that's the thing again not age Spider-Man, of demarcation right like, i bet people are like peter parker fucking made what was he like seven you know <laughs> a little savant right because remember he is in his 30s yeah that's yeah that's okay you know spider-man what? tom he's, holland he still but plays a good you know hollywood he, team he is but if i had to have a conversation with that tom holland versus this tom holland fucking horror holland all day long that's fair that's fair now uh, the other Shocktober screenings that are happening uh, from the 7th up until then that uh, next Friday Night Fright. And this is what's kind of cool, just because I'd like to think that they're reaching out this year just in terms of not only to all of us horror hounds, but mm-hmm. maybe to the next generation. Well, because horror is Wu-Tang. It's for the children. And honestly, quite a, here's the thing, though. Um, on the weekend, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, and it... A movie? It's an I've seen that for me. Really? I might end up checking out either of the versions, but on Saturday, October 8th, there is going to be a Scooby a screening of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I didn't know that you had that in your back pocket. Uh, but it's an adults-only version, 18 oh? and over. 18 and over. We might have a beaded curtain. Uh-oh. Yes, because and especially because I know the stuff I put together uh-huh. for that Scooby-Doo screening. It's very eighteen and over. Perfect. It's kind of perfect. perfect. But then, have you ever heard? Have you ever seen uh, Saturday Morning Massacre? I don't think I have. So it's a basically, it's not the Scooby Gang, but it's totally the Scooby Gang. Sure, sure. Set in like, is it a, from Italy? No. Okay. But it's from it's from America. I think like twenty eighteen. Oh, like so that. recent. Yeah, and basically, it's a <laughs> fucked up, gritty reboot of Scooby Doo. So Fair basically, enough. they're actually paranormal investigators, and they run afoul of actual demons. Well, and that's the best part: is the formula can kind of fit any time, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And this is the one that James Gunn wrote, and I understand you see a lot of the James Gunn humor and influence in there. Oh yeah. But then on uh, Sunday, October 9th, there's a Scooby Doo screening that is all ages. Yeah, it's very all ages friendly. So I hope and pray they don't switch up the pre-show and trailers for them. Be oh boy! I mean it. It'll be it'll. <laughs> let's just like, we're gonna we're gonna cross our T's and dot our I's. Now then, uh, I believe Zoinks. also on Sunday a movie that's an I've seen that for me and one that I'm actually looking forward to because it's a '70s flick. Uh, take in blood on Satan's claw. That's an I've seen that for me too. But that looks extremely cool. It's it it's, looks old school. Cool. I believe you have witches and it's in the '70s. I'm cool. in. Cool. Sign yep. me up. Yep. Then uh, Monday on October 10th, if you uh, miss out on our Friday Night Fright screening of The Thing, you can check it out uh, without all the goodies, unfortunately, but it's still quite a, quite good to take in. But then also on that Monday, and this is another one uh, put on by our friends over at Forever Bogus, uh, and Are You Afraid of the Dark Marathon? Cool. That's a little... Um, not. That's ahead of my time, mm-hmm. but I appreciate it. No, absolutely. 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 If anything to get kids into horror, I'm 100% down for. Well, then on Tuesday and Wednesday, 
Uh, oh, that, staying that, in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Your mother cooks socks in hell. <laughs> Thankfully, they're going to have the unedited version uh, take in William Friedkin's The Exorcist. <laughs> and I, I will say that if you do show up early, you're going to get a little uh, Richard Pryor in the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, of course, launching that Thursday, a new horror release. Will reason prevail? Uh, we, will see, we will see if chicken fries tonight. Uh, Halloween ends, which we actually will talk eventually. Oh, I'm I'm excited for this one. I and again, Shocktober is loaded with a lot of good stuff, including one, one more week till Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. One more week till Nerdoween. Time for dinner. That's right, kids. It's time. It's time for Nerdoween. In one week, there'll be the theme will be food. Will it eat you? Will you eat it? Come find out. Come only one way to find out. Grab your tickets. Grab your mask. Grab your appetite. Nerdoween. It's time. It's time. It's kind of crazy how quickly it creeps up yeah from year to year our eighth year in nerdoween horror movie marathon and let's this, just say i'm stoked this is gonna be rad rad again very much looking forward to it uh, i've got a first timer in and i'm gonna be viewing in and then two old favorites mm-hmm. and we hope you all have a good time we hope to see you out there on october 15th this is gonna be slick a good time will be had for all. Just make sure you have good uh, dinner etiquette. Yes, yes. Bring your appetite and bring your good table manners. No <laughs> elbows on the table during meals. No talking while with your mouth full. Uh, now, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area and you're here in all of... Because, again, we talk every week about Screenland. It is the place where we worship. And you're like, you know what? They sound pretty cool and they are it's a mom and pop business a local Mm -hmm. business it is not part of a franchise and you're like i'd kind of like to give them a little bit of love and you can give them a little bit of love uh legally two ways here uh go to (laughs) screenlandonline.com some legal love where they got some legal movies that you can rent from them directly and then of course even better uh you can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland where amongst their many perks genius and i get to contribute a monthly movie party mm-hmm. called the Shutter Shoutout, which is basically the home game. And it's very—if you can't make it to Friday Night Frights, we bring Friday Night Frights to you. Yes, we do. And the whole idea is to watch two films off of Shutter. In fact, our latest one for October is going to be playing on the twenty-eighth. And this one I'm really looking forward to Me because too. I love animal attack movies. Oh no no, this one will be that's for September. Oh, oh that's right. Ooh, I'm look I'm really looking forward to this one. This one is great. Well, this one actually will be um it'll be interesting because I think we're going to be doing something special with it that isn't in, in set in stone yes. yet. So as of right now, yes, but we do know what the movies are going to be. And our first one that I think we're going to start off biscuit. with as it turns into it and biscuit announcing his presence with authority is one thing that we do love here on the show beyond cat shenanigans which we get to catch on live mic are our love of anthologies and the fact that um we kind of get to combine our love of anthologies with not everyone's favorite found footage and we're going to be starting with vhs 99 and that is one of those films. Oh, don't worry. I can vamp on this one. No. <laughs> the way you said 99, all of a sudden that makes me think, man, I can't wait for like 40 years from now when Edward James almost stars in VHS 45. Right? And so, no, but 
<laughs> so say we, so learn we all. So, but here's the thing. <laughs> How do I reach these kids through found footage? Now, see, that's the thing. VHS is a mixed bag for me because one, I'm not the biggest found footage fan. I have eaten my words on a lot of things. I can't say that I dislike the genre as a whole, right. but I love anthologies. So right. it's like the kid in me loves the anthologies, but the adult in me is growing to love uh, found footage, right? So, but for for I have not seen all of it, but I am looking forward to the new one. Mm -hmm. And for so far for the VHS series, there's been significantly more hits than misses. And when the hits hit. They hit hard. They hit hard. Hard, like a ton of to bricks. To the point where I can actually safely say, if I was to put together a top 10 horror anthology segments, there are a couple from the VHS franchise that yeah. could compete in there that did, would probably end up in mine. Did you see that they're going to make a full-length movie of one of the ones, uh, the alien abduction one? Really? Yeah. That one's terrifying. They got the green light, and so it's going to be a Shutter exclusive. Uh, well, actually, that was part of the pre-show for uh, one of our Nerdoweens, right before Extra, actually. All about alien abductions oh, there. Oh, yeah. That's effective. So we are going to be starting with VHS 99, and then we're kind of, again, a perfect double feature here in terms of um, like found footage and especially stuff that's more relevant in terms of like live streams and YouTube personalities, uh, but taking in a little film called Deadstream. I have, I'm going in blind. Complete, I'm going in blind with blind, both of blind, them. Blind, 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 I've blind, avoided blind, the trailers blind, blind. because... That's the best first-time viewing experience. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shutter, but by joining the Screenland Film family, again, you're going to have access to a customized pre-show introduction. And again, the introduction and post-film discussions, it's 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 video of Genius and I. Uh -huh. You're going to see why we're see. a podcast <laughs> first. <laughs> exactly. You'll see why we have the face for radio. But we introduce both of the films. Uh, we have uh, customized trailer reels for each film. It is a lot of fun. So if that sounds something that would be interesting to you, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, we're talking film family and Patreon. A bellies. We also have our own little gathering uh, at Patreon and would like to shout out our entry level tier. You know, everyone, not everyone wants to jump headfirst into a lot of these things. Right. You got to dip your toe into it. So what better way to dip your toe than to go full on squiddly diddly? <laughs> Something that has found its way into the DNA of the show, good or bad, go back and go to Untamed, I think, when we talk la, about... La, 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 but la, 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 la. We realized the entry level tier... Had to be Squidly Diddly. Yeah. Squidly Diddly for all. Uh -huh. And by joining the Squidly Diddly tier. Everybody deserves Squidly Diddly. Even if it even if it's surprise Squidly Diddly. Especially if it's surprise Squidly Diddly. Planned Squidly Diddly is fine. Right. But that's surprise Squidly Diddly. Every gift begins with squid. So don't you surprise your film family member by uh, the, <laughs> with that tier because you will have access to the content of our Shutter shoutouts. And then also uh, three times a week. I released this little series called the I've Seen That, where I they're a hoot, dude. Well, and it's it's me basically reacting to a first time watch of a movie. So my discipline is at least three new films a week, and to the point now I'm over. I'm at least at like 360 movies since we started. So there's a lot to dig into. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that is just the again the toe in the pool. If you want to go beyond Squidly Diddly, we got a lot of good stuff happening there. Uh, just head over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead, and yeah, with 
it's been a ball so far. Yeah. Ooh, and there might even be some other surprises if all goes well oh, on there. Again, ideally, ideally, we don't want to jinx say anything, anything until nothing's set until it's done. But regardless, uh, here in the month of October, it's you know between Shocktober at Screenland, between you not necessarily having to alter your decorations at all because it's spooky. It's spooky all year round, you know. But this is the time where everybody, where the normies get to come and play. The normies are celebrating right, with us, right? And it inevitably will happen. I'll have a coworker ask, uh, Greg, you like horror movies, right? Scary movies? Yeah, one or two. Yeah, I've seen a few. What should I watch? And there's a joy in that because, man, I mean, you almost have to give them a like a give them like a personality test to exactly. see engage what they might be interested in. Because when people ask me that, because people ask me that a lot, you know, normies like like you said, coworkers are like, hey, what do you want? What should we watch? It's almost like okay, it reminds me of my blockbuster days, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, yeah, okay, I control your destiny. Try this. Enjoy, partake. If it decides for you, I have more delights to show you. If it's not your flavor. We might try other experiments. Did, were your picks hanging on hooks and uh-huh. chains? Possibly, possibly. Would you? Did your picks be, go beyond the beaded curtain? Depends. Again, you have. It's like be going beyond squiddly diddly. You have to know, like, okay, what do you like? Let's see, and then let's push a little further, and let's see sure. what you dig. Because if uh, Halloween was boring, like, okay, we know that that one's not for you. But do you? What have you seen that you've liked? You Certainly. know, so. It's funny, and especially like when there's like, what should I watch for my first scary movie? Oh That's even more harder because like Serbian film, you know. But so like, <laughs> but at the same time, you don't you don't want to throw them into the shallow sure. end. Well, yeah, it's again, you have to really figure out who they are, where they're coming from, and meet them halfway, ideally. Because, again, you don't want them to be bored, but you don't want them to be too challenged. And never throw anything that's crazy divisive. Like, I would never say for their first horror movie, Hereditary. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Because, like, that's that's, even even for some season horror fans, even though it's not my cup of tea, that's still season horror shit. The good thing, though, is there's just so much to choose from yeah and then you've got genres within subgenres. then you can go horror adjacent it's perfect and it's a celebrate and again we celebrate all that mm-hmm. and then again one of the benefits and joys from putting this podcast together again beyond the benefit of our initial friendship that yeah. you know started before this let me tell you something about my best friend but then also to expand my film family my people that i see at conventions you know i really delved into that because of the podcast um you know the friendships with said todd sheets and jill gavargazion come from my inclusion in this podcast you know there's so much that i've had access to and so much i've been privy to and so much i'm very thankful for in terms of experiences me too i mean i couldn't say the things better myself like being able to go out and do these things and again, meet other like-minded individuals has been rad as shit. It's been awesome. And from you know formulating our friendships and you know with Screenland and now doing Friday Night Frights for you know at least a couple years, mm-hmm. and hopefully, ideally, if people see us come out before something at like a Screenland or even at a convention, God help me if they're like, oh, it's these two assholes. <laughs> But hopefully, at least, if anything... Meanwhile, they, I'm over there. Da, 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 da. That's just it, though. If anything, <laughs> I hope they get our genuine energy and joy for anything we're usually involved with. Because ideally for us, we're celebrating things. And that's kind of the approach we take. Mm-hmm. And 
it's with that I say that in mind because we were lucky and fortunate enough to been invited to this year's uh, Slash and Bash Film Festival mm-hmm. out in Topeka. Yes, we which, were in the wild. And again, for me, that's a big deal. For, for you, that's nothing. No, for me, going to Topeka, you don't even like going to the store. And so it's like, <laughs> going to Topeka, like, yeah, that was fun for me. That was cool. It was always good to get away for every now and then. Absolutely, absolutely. And we talked a little bit about it uh, the week after, uh, just kind of a real brief summation, and we hinted, that we had some fun content, and that is the entirety of this episode, mm-hmm. is our talks with a number of folks who are kind enough to come in and talk with us and just make some more memories, because yes. memories were no doubt made. And our first little clip in conversation, no pretension to it, nothing pretentious at all, Mm-mm. because, oh man, again, one of the advantages of this podcast was me getting to get involved with everyone and, you know, with the, that this film family that we're going to talk about. But even better, you have actually been in one of the films by mm-hmm. the filmmaker and his crew that we're going to talk to. Briefly, what was it like with your little role in a Todd Sheets movie? It was a fucking dream come true because not only was I get to be in a movie, but I get to be yelled at by Linnea fucking Quigley herself dressed up as Spider from Sorority Babes, right? And so she's over there yelling at me and berating me and over there, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm in a scene with fucking Linnea Quigley. I'm on cloud fucking nine, right? Everything on the set, everything on this, Todd is professional Mm -hmm. i mean he's been in the game for a long time he knows how he wants things to look and what he wants and he's got a very particular eye and that's what i like about him and like it's a very fun set you know for the scene i was in i can't speak for all of his movies and everything but the scene that i went in was very fun it was very laxed but it was professional everybody was there to do their job and it was it was a long night, but extremely worth it. And that makes sense within the confines of the fact that he's definitely one of those indie filmmakers that does it for the love of movies and mm-hmm. the love of making movies that people have fun with. Yeah. So it's refreshing to hear that. that and honestly, you see it on the screen with a lot of his films. Well, and that's why he's got the Todd Sheet players, because like... <laughs> He's got a crew that he's good with and he likes to work with yep. and they like working they with They collaborate him. well. Yeah. So, yeah, so our first conversation here comes from Todd Sheets and Company, man, and things go places because this was actually kind of at the end of the festival. Uh-huh. So everyone had done their things and little everyone was a little stir-crazy. So we're starting with a bang with this one. So enjoy our conversation with Todd Sheets and all the fine folks with his film family. He, either Javel's going to say it or I'm going to say it. It's, but either way, it's going to get said on microphone. <laughs> ripping the pits, it's going to happen. Regardless. Ripping the pits. <laughs> well, I will say, man, this is one of the nice things just in terms of like conventions, film festivals, is the advent of this podcast has created the opportunity for us to talk to people. But what's funny is Genius himself, though, podcast be damned, regardless of it, you were already mixing it up with one Todd Sheets. And we were lucky enough to have him on an episode. Now we are lucky enough to have him back here at the Slash and Bash Film Festival. What's happening, Todd? Hey, man. First of all, you guys, when we see each other, honestly, we are, uh, he's like, he has no volume. Hello? He has no volume. Hold on, hold on. Well, Which one of, have I got here? I've got what number What kind of cracker jack operation are we doing here? There we go. Try that again. Hey, are we working now? There we go. 
All right. Much better on that side. Well, first of all, let me say, the when, when we get together anyway, podcast or no, we are honestly, like, talking. Yeah. We talk, 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 talk. Yeah. yeah. And we'll stand there for, we'll be down at Screenland. We'll be there. They're closing the place down, and we're still <laughs> we're still talking we're about outside. like goblin or <laughs> trash, or, you're right? Anything fun, and uh, the more the more trash, the better. Because you, mm-hmm. you guys are you guys are brethren, man. You guys understand that it's all about the trash. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Trashola it, classics, man. Well, and I just think I. I, from the get go, man, you're just genuine joy. No, thank you. And you're just, you're genuine, man. Yeah. And that's the one thing that's always been such a disarming in a way because if with, I think a lot of people can be intimidated, just you're a filmmaker. And I think there's like this perceived gap between a fan and a filmmaker, but, but Todd eliminated. Todd Sheets is Todd Sheets. I want, I say what I mean, you know, and I am not pretentious at all. And a lot of times they expect some pretentious. Bullshit. Right. I'm just not pretentious at all. I, I hate it. Matter of fact, I watched this, this movie Paris, Texas last night on Criterion Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Wim Wenders, okay? Love the flick. Harry Dean Stanton, fantastic. Mm-hmm. People are thinking, hold on, this is a horror guy. What's he talking about? But what sucked was afterwards when I saw the interviews, I was just so disappointed at Wim Wenders because he's so damned, like, everything was, like, pretentious, and I hated it. And I'm like, you can't just make a movie and enjoy it? Right. You know, why has it all got to be about that? And just on and on, and all these other people were so pretentious that were around him. Then Dennis Hopper, of course, is not pretentious at all. Hey, don't you fucking look at me! That's right. <laughs> and I love Dennis Hopper, but all the rest of them were just kind of, yeah, pretentious. And I'm like, God dang it, man. That's because, you know, everyone gets mad at me because I'm like, you know, I... I they're like, well, is your film going to play the independent art house? No, I don't want it to play the art houses. You want, want to pay the play the independent grind houses. I want yep. to play drive-ins, grind right. houses. I want people, you know what, because let's be honest, I'm not making the piano. Exactly. I'm making Losing It at the Devil's Whorehouse. <laughs> however, yeah. however, I would probably sign up to watch Todd would, Sheets, the piano. I would watch Todd Sheets' piano, especially if Harvey Keitel with like Hanging black dong. nipples yes. and like, so <laughs> just up. spewing out acid or something. He would have nipple horns. Harvey right. Keitel's playing the piano <laughs> with his nipple horns. It's fantastic. A mouth coming out of his ass, you know, something crazy. <laughs> the piano would be possessed by the devil, and yeah. he would have to feed it people. It would be the time. piano from Hausu. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Here's the thing, though. You throw Anna Paquin in that as well. Again, there you go, you I'm it. in it. I'm in it. That's right, not a right. problem. Well, that's really good. Well, I will say, if I if to go back to the pretension thing, I think it was in Steel Magnolias where they said an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure, <laughs> and that's something that has always stayed with me. And there is something about just cutting straight to the good stuff. Right. And that's something we just watched. Uh, we had a chance to see your segment in High Fear, of which was entitled Losing It. At the Devil's Whorehouse. So from the get. <laughs> so that's just sold. it. And you had mentioned you were kind of pulling from your love of these old boner jams. And it's you want to talk about another genre that has no pretension at all and it just is Those what it is. Teenage sex comedies of the eighties. And well, yeah, that's what it really inspired me was losing it. Tom Cruise, you know, here's this great movie, great characters. We're just you talking don't ex- about that. And Shelley Long, and you don't expect Long, it yes, yes. to be as good as it is with that title and that poster. You're like, oh man, this is gonna. Oh my god, are you kidding? This is gonna. And then you watch it, and you're like, this is an incredibly well made movie, and it, it's of course it's edgy. But then again, one of my favorite movies is Greg and Clark's Joysticks. Fucking you know? Joysticks is with a ketchup cookie and everything. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've got the movie poster signed by Graydon. And uh, and he and he couldn't believe how much I worshipped this movie either. 
But uh, I love all his movies. But that everyone's like, you probably love Without Warning. No, Joysticks. Joystick. I love Without Warning's good, but Joysticks is something special about this movie. Only in the '80s would you have a movie where they're going to have to have strip Pac-Man so that they can save the freaking arcade from the jerk Joe Don Baker, who's fantastic. It's, uh... It's and, a magical uh, ass movie, dude. It's one of the best, <laughs> and all the only thing missing is I wanted a musical interlude with Danny Bonaducci, like like Hots has. You know, Hots yeah. is almost the same perfection. Those two movies, and Hots isn't even on Blu-ray in this country. It's a crime. Yeah, I would. Do how, how are we gonna how, how are we gonna help out the seals? That's right. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, Todd, it's a, it's a no, man. It means help out the seals. It's an environmentally safe, it is. awesome, it independent is. comedy." It is. Come on, guys. It, well, it's, got, it's a boner jam with a conscience. There, <laughs> that's just it. There's nuances to your boner jams, and that's the beauty of them. And I, and we were talking about you don't really, you can't make you can't them make anymore. boner jams At anymore. Least I mean, not the way they were. Made. I can. Well, you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. And you should. And we were talking about it. And watching after this, I would sign up for Todd Sheets' Revenge of Revenge of the Nerds. Just some sort of like boner jam. It'd be Revenge. of... Of the teenage <laughs> vixens from the darkest pits of hell who came back to Earth and posed as teenagers just so they could kill all the jocks and use them for brainless sex slaves, okay? Then they would turn half the school into zombies and the principal would turn out to be the prince of hell himself, Satan. That's 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 how you do that. Boner you? I would totally watch that's that. It. That's it. Lambda 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 and Omega Doom. Oh, oh, hey, hey, what's going on? Looks like we got somebody else. Derville up in the house. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Baby. You Derville, how you doing? As long man? as I get a uh, sex scene in the movie, we good to go. Right? Yeah, he's like the hammer. Okay, now the hammer. When when I'm hanging out with the hammer, he tells me he says, "Hey, I'm ready to work with you anytime." But here's how it plays: the hammer gets a girl. The hammer don't lose a fight. The hammer win every fight. The hammer has a couple of drinks. The hammer's a hero. I said, "All right." Is the hammer going to play a bad guy? Hell no, I'm not a bad guy. I can start out people thinking I'm a bad guy. Then I'm a good guy. I save the day. I get the chick. I get a little drink. I have a cigar. Derville's sweet. All Derville says is, I get the honey. I get a couple of kung fu kicks. I get myself a nice looking car. And I'm cruising down the road at the end. And I get to have sex. That's right. <laughs> and Derville, his number one thing is he's also the hero. He won't play the villain. Derville will not do the villain. Oh, he sa he saved yeah. the world a couple of times, man. He did. Oh yeah. A few times. With his from clowns, from <laughs> vampires, demons. With his double aliens. dildo that Fire comes out of his dildo. afro. Mm-hmm. Big old afro had it all, you know. And, and he was he was whipping that thing around like nunchucks. So I was kind of impressed. And when you're throwing in afros, dildos into nunchucks, I mean that is a combination and just it's, it's very pretentious. <laughs> Super. You'd be surprised at what I will pull out of my afro. See, you ha have Ari Aster Trust movies me. and Derville Sweet Todd Sheet movies. That, that's Those right. Wim Wenders would never pull a double dildo out of a fro, and that's what's wrong with Wim Wenders. <laughs> because that's wrong with a lot of people, because actually. it wouldn't reflect his German expressionistic upbringing and his grandma's old home cooking. <laughs> this is what I'm told that this movie is Paris, Texas, was about. Now, I'm not trying to put down pretentious people. You know who you are. You can go hang out with the hipsters. But for me, 
I'm going to go to the drive and enjoy a, an all-night blowout like they used to have. Remember in the day, oh, yeah. KY 102, all-night blowout, oh, King my. Frat. Okay. Dust Dust till dawn. That's right. Yeah, dust till dawn. And they had like movies like King Frat and Hots, and they had, and then they'd have weird stuff like Cheech and Chong, and then we'd get like the Pink Floyd's The Wall. And you know what? It's and it's okay. You know, I know there's, I know I've, I've offended half your audience, but mm-hmm. I, I cannot help it because I am so tired of people telling me the social implications of George Romero's Night of the Living Dead when George himself sat in front yeah. of me and told me there are no fucking he said the word social implications in my fucking zombie movie i want my social implication was can i make 32 cents and that's that's really what it was because he wanted to tell a cool story yep but he was having a hard time he had already made this other stuff he wasn't happy doing commercials he wanted to do something cool his inspiration was like john russo and him were talking let's do something like the ec comic books that's their inspiration, man. Stop reading into it. It's the baggage we bring, man. Yeah. It's just it's, one of those it's things. It's society today. I guess Durville is like the carrying the torch for all the poor, underprivileged children from the ghetto. Okay. What the? F- exactly. <laughs> well, now. Oh. Carry the torch, my man. The re- he's got mama issues, so he has to bang every girl he meets. How the hell did Durville have mama issues? That's right, you don't. But <laughs> Durville don't have no mama issues. Durville got a lot of women that come out of nowhere. He gives it to it all. You can be black, white, Asian, Korean. You can be an alien, and Durville going to tear it up. I know it. Durville know can pull it. some hoes out the grave, make them do some shit. He did. He did it. Her name was Zombie Ho, and it was in a movie. <laughs> He actually did this, and that's because. But see, someone will try to read into this shit twenty years from now. The it social implications of Durville three. <laughs> the total collaboration that happened at that point. They're going to build a thesis around it, and someone's going to earn their PhD thanks to your guys' work. It's, it's horrifying. The, the Dow of Durville. The gore must. This is what the gore means, man. And this, it's not really bloodletting. It's not really splatter. What it means is it's this. It's it's the screams of an abandoned child. Up in the middle of nowhere, left alone with nothing but his afro and a rattle. Cause see, Dur- Durville is all—he's all about sex positive. Cause he's positive he wants sex. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Durville be having fun. <laughs> you right. Durville went to the hospital when he broke his leg on a stunt. The the, the lady says, "Are you O negative or are you positive?" And he said, "Baby, I'm positive. I want you." And that was the end. Of, I didn't even see Durville the rest of the time. <laughs> Next thing you know, there's an ambulance rocking down the road. Bouncing. Playing that 70s music, babe. There you go. There you go. More cool than cool in the gang. Right? He's so, got the funk. So, question. Um, how much of you is Durville? I mean, like, how much do you, when you're, when you're playing the character Durville Sweet, how much of you, like, do you just amp it up? Or you're, like, pull it out from deep? Or you're just like, whatever, it's all me, baby. <laughs> oh, it gets a little wild sometimes. Well, but i got to tell you the truth. Antoine, nicest person in the world you ever meet. Yeah. Okay. Super and, fucking cool. And Durville's cool too, but Durville will do some stuff. Okay. And, and when when we were creating the character, I remember for me personally, it was like I wanted to combine Jim Brown and Rudy Ray Moore. That was my combination for Durville Sweet. And I was writing this movie, <laughs> and I needed. We we decided we were going to have action heroes, and so my man here, Antoine, and I have been together for making movies for God what. 27 years and uh so uh we had a friend named rico and i was like let's make this combination mac brazel and durville sweet 
And Mac Brazel was the straight guy. He was the action hero also, but he's a straight guy. And Derville never quite got out of the 70s. You see, he was kind of stuck there. And so we created this whole persona and built it over the years to the point where it's really it's second nature. Yep. You know, because when I'm flip writing on a it, switch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, he, he <laughs> and he knows what I want instantly. Like I'm saying, hey, man, we're going to because when I told him, I was like, we're doing we're doing this special thing, this Amazon Prime series. I'm going to make sure Durville Sweet's in this thing because it has to be. And uh, we're bringing Durville to the mainstream is what we're doing. Nice. And uh, do you think the mainstream is, is ready? ready for They're never ready. <laughs> a matter of fact. Just between us, some of the fights that we had uh, just going into this with people that don't understand, like they want us to make a show that's an homage to the 70s. Then they seem to have a problem with some of the stuff we're doing, which is an homage to the 70s, because they're like, well, this might offend somebody. I said, well, good. It's the 70s. It's the 70s. And and what we're doing here, and like he has this great sex scene in this project we were doing, and it's funny. It's a funny. We played it for laughs. It's really overblown. Sure. Like, you know, you take a 70s scene and you blow it up. And someone was offended by that on the board. And I said, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to work with this situation anymore where I'm answering to a board. I'll answer to one guy. He can deal with the board. But this is the deal. You can't cut this scene because you're, you're undermining what this show is all about. And I had to go into a full explanation. And I almost felt like Wim Wenders at this point. Like I had to talk about he's a motherless child who has finally found the nipple again. But finally, I didn't have to go quite that far because finally they gave in because they understood it really was about the humor. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it from that angle, it is incredibly funny. But that's kind of what Durville's about. Durville's almost like the modern-day version of Dolomite. Yeah. He says things that everyone wants to say. He does things everyone wants to do. And he does them good. You see, he kicks everyone's ass. He makes it with the ladies. The ladies are jettisoned into space. <laughs> this man carries it, you see. He's what everyone wants. He is what everyone dreams of being. He's he's the he's the perfect super male. Only the problem is he's kind of a he's he's kind of a nerd <laughs> at the same time. But does isn't that the best kind of contrast though? And especially that seems more like modern sensibilities with the nerdiness, the quietness, but also then the 70s sleaze and everything that adds into that. It's kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, because he always thinks he's the, the man of the man, and he's always bumbling in a way. But he bumbles his way through it There's in a, a way that's so perfect because he never loses a fight. One way or the other, he's going to win, even if the villain beats up the other villain by accident. It's, yeah. It's an extension of Durville. It is. It's yeah. really cool. That's, well, like when we did the, the sex scene. For the project, I was nervous because you know I'm doing this little sex scene. Yeah, and I want to say nothing. Then all of a sudden, as soon as I say action, it's on. So I was like, "Relax, I need you to just go with it." I started saying some things. He had to put a microphone in front of me that quick because things was coming out of my mouth. That was <laughs> well, that's the a chain. thing. He was nervous, I and was, I just said, "Man, be I was telling be Durville, to, don't be Antoine." You know, I'm just gonna be real. I told her to <laughs> smack me. He did. Give it me. to me, baby. Durville's in a dark place. He's in a dark place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Durville got wild. So I told her, don't mess up the fro. She couldn't mess up my hand. <laughs> right in the middle hey. of it all, he stops everything and goes, oh, baby, don't know not the fro. You got to have standards. You got you, you got to have standards, limitations, you know. Don't mess with the fro. That's it. It reminds me of, um, you ever seen that movie Alligator? 
Oh, yeah, of course. When Robert Forrest. I got the 4K. Right when he's like, hey, don't mess with the hair. I'm real sensitive about it. Right in the middle of a sex scene, yeah. Because <laughs> she grabbed a hold of Durville's head. I think the reason he said it, she almost yanked the wig off. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you know shit gets real, real when wigs start flying off. Oh, and then we had this one. We, we did a short for Durville. Just, we, we had, someone asked us at Troma if we would do a fake trailer for this fake trailer compilation. Oh, God, that was fun. So we did Durville Suite and the Lost Temple of Ass Pirates. And Durville's Dur- <laughs> Oh, it's so great. I can't. Oh, it's off the chain. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It was so bad because there was a girl in it, and she had her stuff out, and she's swinging them. And Durville's making out with her, but she had a barbell in her nipple, and she damn near took out <gasps> Antoine's tooth. Oh, God. And oh. he just rolls with it. He goes, knocked out my tooth, baby. <laughs> Oh, it did. It oh, got stuck my in the afro barbell. got stuck on her barbells. Oh, <laughs> I can't yeah. even picture just afro. It was like a horrible, like some sort of like twister gone wrong. It was. It was so bad, man. It was a nightmare. It gave me a nightmare from it. <sighs> then she had a hariola. It was a terrible, terrible oh, like, situation. Oh, man, it was a nightmare after I got through, because I, I was just like. But that short is so funny because the 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 temple of the ass pirates are these guys that have brought in these aliens and the aliens have created monsters from human feces. That's fair. Okay, that are in these big you know those places where you see on the highway that they're the water treatment plant. Uh huh. Well, so he's literally kung fuing these little poop monsters that I made out of these stick figures I bought that pose at Walmart. I went in and foam and everything and painted them up and made them out to be these poop monsters and just to make sure they were completely ludicrous i, I was like what am i gonna do to the eyes i got those goofy eyes that like giggly eyes yep. yes and so uh yeah he was fighting those which was a really if you guys haven't seen this fake trailer you're gonna have to I look have at to that, see that. yeah it's, shit it's, monsters with googly eyes and lasers coming out of people's butts spaceships oh, wow. yeah we did it all i use a a drill as a laser gun yeah, because we didn't have a laser gun, so I just, I just handed him my drill that I use for work, and I set him in a chair in front of a green screen, and I built a whole spaceship around it. Fly. <laughs> yeah, he's flying. That's awesome. <laughs> just when I think like you can, you've gone batshit nutty and topped yourself, there's something else going on. <laughs> like we just finished watching somebody melt, a vagina eat somebody, nipples. Coming, turning black and protruding shit, and like it's wild. And in dreaming purple neon, that shit was insane. Yeah, so it really I mean, was. Like, and and the, the the to be fair, the black nipple girl who played the uh, the evil demon queen in and, the Losing It to Devil's Whorehouse was also the wonderful queen of demons. You want to say hi? Yeah, she's here with us, but she's a she's a great villain, man. And I like her as a hero too. And she's man, the beautiful she and lovely. Your and metamorphosis actually during that was kind of incredible, just in terms of the like the oh, little yeah, physical action. It, like it was legit intense. I promise you, we weren't harming her below the camera. We weren't kicking her in the shins. <laughs> we weren't torturing her toes. Oh I no! I promise you, she was fine. What you had Tarantino shooting second AD <laughs> that day? Well, he, he whispered me a couple times, like, not a deal breaker. Well, think I'm about like, oh, Jay. think about Bone Hill Road, though, man. Because in Bone Hill Road, she's like a victim. And then when she turns into the werewolf, people have told me That's, they actually feel the pain because yeah. she did so good. And yeah. she just lets it go because she wasn't, like, 
intimidated. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And that's what I love about working with Dylan because I don't have to go, come on, come on, you can do it. I don't have to play. She's like, this is what it requires. Let's do it. And she just lets it go. Just like in this thing, she's shaking like a, a what is it? A fuzzy tree, the Elvis line. She's, uh, she, she's going crazy in there. Like, it was great. Shaking like was- a soft shake. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Salt and pepper, baby. Uh, tribute to those old school boner jams with that extreme entertainment gore. Yeah, we had some gore in there. We did. And I loved it when the, I, what I loved, one of my favorite things we did, which was kind of goofy, but when the when the boys have got the, the silverware and they're stabbing the hell out of the guy who's possessed or whatever, and then they like go to do a high five and I get the shot from the silverware's point of view sticking out. I just love that. I was like, I was like, why am I going to do this? But because it's funny. And that's, I wouldn't expect to find that in a whorehouse per se. Not that I've been to per- or perused a few of them myself. You know, I didn't know if that's on the menu potentially. Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, as we found out from Tom Cruise in losing it, going down to Mexico can be a pretty exhilarating experience. Well, and the only thing, the one thing I do remember about that movie is that hat that Jackie Earl Haley is <laughs> wearing. Yes, I love wearing. Jackie Earl. And he is just—he's just got that look. It's he's one wearing we'll have the to watch The whole movie—he's got that stupid, stupid tube sock in his pants. Well, and what I've loved is again—you've—you've you've created this cast of characters that you can actually—you know—are going to be able to contribute. You know, they're going to be able to collaborate with you. Um, we talked about how Antoine initially got—you know—Dylan. How long have you been working with Todd at this point? About seven years, I think. It's been eight. Yeah, we were seven, just eight, discussing well, eight, 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 eight years. years yeah, yeah. Eight years. for uh, the yeah. crawler. Okay. I was producing that. Amanda was directing that. Oh, ah, shit. that's. Yeah, You guys uh, were in it. For and Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Chewing on meat. Yeah, it was me and uh, it was me and the Kaufmans at Screenland. At Screenland. Ah, yeah. I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And again, we've got like one half of the Kaufman over there. We've got like this lovely collection of people. Well, that's that because have... we're like a bunch of dudes. We're our pals. We're like a family, man. We are. The Kansas City horror scene is. Uh, pretty we're pretty good like that and extreme entertainment we decided a long time ago that we're going to run this like a family business you know uh i was born and raised italian everybody in our family had their own businesses everyone ran it like a family business every you weren't just a worker you're part of the family if unless you steal from them then you're getting hit with a car but uh, the whole thing with dylan is you know she came in nervous as hell found her voice and uh, now, man, you now she's you wouldn't even know how nervous she was that first time. Well, speaking of nervous, you've had a lot of shit on you, <laughs> extra body parts coming out of you, Horns. going into you, all sorts of stuff. What was one of the most f- fun scenes that you've done? And what's one of the ones like? If I never have to put horns on my nipples ever again, I'll be more. I'll be happy. What's something like? Man, that was a rough one. And which, or were they both at the same time? Oh, gosh. The cherry pie filling is when we were doing Dream Triple Neon when you got burnt. Yeah. You were freezing. I was freezing, but I had to, my, the first time I realized what I was getting into was when I saw, um, oh, what's her name? Jackie. No. Oh. It was the other girl who had the other nipple horns. Um, oh, yeah, Jody. Yeah, Jody. Well, yeah. She, I was getting ready to go see Jackie for makeup. And I seen her running down, coming just coming out and walking down the hallway, and I seen how grotesque she had the makeup on her face and the nipple horns. I'm going, what is this? I, was like, I remember. And I looked 
at Jeff and said, what's he doing? <laughs> I remember they, ta they talked to me and said, what's going on, Todd? I said, well, here's what's going on. The truth of the matter is she would have been buck naked, but what happened was we were shooting in Bonner Springs where they don't allow nipples. They hate nipples in Bonner Springs, so all mothers, you cannot nurse your babies because apparently nipples they, they hate really. Nipples in Bonners. It's nope. really true. Yep. So yep. Uh, we could show we could show bush, we could show ass, we could show <laughs> anything we, we want. You can't show no, no nipples. We can show the wiener. We had a well, wiener. Oh, that's right. We had a, well, but it was okay if it slipped. They didn't give us hell, but they did give us hell about the nipples. So what I did was I had to come up with an idea in this demon movie where the demons and during the all these scenes, I felt like if you're going to do a satanic ritual and it goes by the actual what they say in the books, quote unquote, you're not going to be walking around with clothes on. I don't care what anyone says. Every one of them's naked, and usually they're using a human altar, which is people bent over to form a table for the altar because they don't want a real altar because if the police come, they got to be able to run. run. <laughs> so this is all really true. So when I was writing it, that's how it was. But then I couldn't do it. So I, I, I looked at the man. I said, what the hell am I going to do? And I go, well, to hell with it. We had made a movie with the mighty Griff, God rest his soul, years earlier called House of Forbidden Secrets. And he played a demon in a basement. And I designed this whole thing for him where he was horned that everywhere. Was cool, that was a cool design. And yeah, he had shoulders and everything. But he also had him coming out of his nipples. I decided we're bringing back the nipple horns, <laughs> and it saved the day because we couldn't show nipples in Bonner Spring. Fuck you, Bonner. We're, That's right. We're, we're, Todd Jesus is putting horns on nipples, and we're making a movie. So, yeah, that was, as I see her in the makeup and stuff, and then the whole face covered in, like, moss and green stuff, and I'm like, whoa. No, it's not in the script that I read. I was like, I was supposed to be this beautiful queen. What is going on here? Well, you still were. You I, just. I, I know, I was. And Todd's like, will you just trust me on this? I'm like, eh, okay. Just like you can walk out anytime you want. We didn't know them yet very well right. still, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, and I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get it on and see what happens. And I'm very glad I did because Jackie did a wonderful job with the makeup. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, and that's this something. Isn't bad. Yeah, and that's something I don't think people think about enough. And just in terms of the collaboration and that sense of trust yeah. that you yeah. have yeah. to you have. Because yeah. the more extreme things that's going on screen, you have to have that sense of trust. Like, okay, you're going to rip my guts out and pour like maggots in my mouth. All right, I'll trust you. And, and I, I promise you this. Antoine's been trusting me for all these years. I've never done nothing but promote the man, you know, give him great parts, do up, do, and Dylan's been doing it. She's been seen all over the world, you know, she goes out to LA, people know her. It's because of this thing, because people give me the trust, and I'm not going to hurt anyone, but yeah. I'm going to make sure that it's up to our standards of extreme entertainment. And there's some weird stuff because she she did give me the, she did talk to me, and Jeff did too, and they did decide to trust me yeah. because I said, you're going to see because she had this really cool armor. And so she ended up being this really cool-looking warrior chick. The only difference was she had nipple horns. But it, it wouldn't – thanks Bonner Springs for that. But at the same time – It's cool-looking. It, it, yeah. it strikes – And it's actually worse than a nipple would have been. I mean, come on, dudes. What <laughs> yeah, are you doing? Right. Yeah, I was glad I said, okay, let's give it a try. Again. But ever since then, it's just been like, okay, I, I got this. He knows what how I am, so. Well, it's funny to kind of think about the fact that you kind of needed, like, a nipple wrangler on the set at that point. <laughs> we did. Just, like – and not Durvel that time. No, no, yeah. no. No, when Durvel. He was volunteering, probably. Durvel played a he, he played a great character in, in, in Dream Purple Neon as well. He played uh, Ray Ray. Ray I was Ray, a gangster. Which was Tyrone and Ray Ray were named after childhood friends of mine. And uh, that was my way of giving them a hello, is because I used to defend these kids that used to get beat up on the bus, and it made me mad because 
the the jock kids beat up on them because they were just like little black kids, and it made me so mad because I was like, these are these are cool dudes. You leave them alone because I've never seen color ever. Yeah. I mean, my heroes were like Dolomite and and Jim Brown and. And uh, let's not forget Black Belt Jones, right? Jim Mother Lovin' Kelly. I yes. love Jim Kelly. Got to meet him at the Alamo down in uh, Austin. That's rad. And, oh, my God, that was a, one of my great experiences. And uh, <clears throat> Jim Kelly and and all these things, that's that, that's what inspired me as a kid. I went, to, I was raised in a drive-in. So I, I kind of got raised around, you know, all kinds of culture, and I didn't look at people that way. So when it came time to name these characters, I named them after two of my great friends from childhood that used to get picked on. I'm like, oh, yeah, bastards, this is where this is how they grew up. And now you son of a bitches are bowing before the great Ray Ray and Tyrone. And that's not pretentious. That's just rad. That's, that's right. Awesome. I am not Wim Wenders. I did not need to duplicate the grape jelly sandwich that my great mama made. But I will tell you this. A lot of people that were watching Dream Couple Neon said that we were racist. That was oh, funny. Yeah. And I'm like, how are we racist? Because all the gangsters were black. And I was like, hold on. But so was half the cast. That didn't happen on purpose. Ricky wanted to play that character. We wrote the part for Ricky, the guy that we met at Walmart. He yeah, he's a manager at Walmart. He's, he's like, a great actor. This kind of character. Are you really going to? Yeah. And then Antoine, you know, and then the other characters. That's what they wanted. And well, well, Ricky would, would catch me when I'd go into Walmart for movie night or whatever. He'd go, hey, man, hey, man, do you think my character could do this? And I'd be like, okay, I'd write a note. Write it down. And so then I'd be like, I'll find a way to incorporate it. And, and he already knows how I write. So I'm, his character was completely formulated already. Yeah. And then that gave uh, Tyrone someone cool to bounce off of and him to bounce off of Tyrone. And then their characters were so well fleshed out. Everyone's like, you need to make a prequel just with those guys. Like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And I've got a, a sequel idea for this movie. Uh, it's called Living Purple Neon, which is a really cool. And if you think the first one was bad, I don't think I can make the second one. I'm just kind of looking at the script the other day going, my God, man, what am I doing? I think I need to make this movie, but I think I might need some money because there's a lot of bad stuff in this movie. It has to cost a lot of money. And that's <clears> the one thing I don't think people, and I think hopefully we have know how much we appreciate what you guys have done just with cinema in Kansas City, it's a miracle for any film to get made. And go, knowing the love that goes into every production that you guys put in, into the fact that there's blood, sweat, tears, literal, in all that, and amongst other Among fluid, other fluid. You know, and in our movies, it could be anything. It could be, yes, it's, it's definitely on the on and the. It might not even be regular. No, it was like like yellow bile and and and. It's usually and jello. It's usually jello. It was very fuzzy. Although it definitely had a. It was funny as hell though during the uh, during the crawler uh, when we had to eat all that stuff. Oh, it was so fucking gross. At the end of the day, I mean, at first it was fine, but then after a while, we're like, <laughs> okay, now act like this is delicious. But the good news is it didn't make you sick because no. we we took care of you. Yeah, we no. gave you good edible no, stuff. Everything was great. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I, I had a. Every time I've been on a set with this crew has been a fucking blast of absolute memory made and so i have nothing but high praise for everybody at the extreme Energy. and that being said we are going to have to cut this short because we're about to introduce another film here at the slash it's not going to live up festival. to losing it well nothing will nothing will <laughs> but we go, can you talk about what's next or we what's can, been going we on we can say a few things we can say this we've been tapped to do a tv series for, it looks like it's going to be an Amazon Prime exclusive deal or it's going to be one of those 
companies they own. And uh, we've been kind of working on it for two years, thanks to COVID and rain. But <laughs> we, uh, I, I, I will say this, everyone, it was incredibly grueling. It almost made me quit the business. I was so burnt out. And I'm really hating weather. And uh, it's, it's made filming here in Kansas City so difficult. But I, watching it, I just finished the final cut of the feature version of the series for overseas or whatever, the director's cut of that. I just finished it last night. And I have to say, I'm so proud. And we worked with a lot of new people, which, by the way, that's why on the next movie I'm working with all my old team only. Uh, because... Uh, uh, we have got something on tap that we're going to be doing here in just a few weeks, but it's it's something that's in, involves werewolves, and that's what I can tell you, and it's going to blow your freaking mind. But um, for this TV series, um, I learned that working with new people is it's good to get new blood once in a while, and some of the people were so good, but also a lot of divas and a lot of weird egos and attitudes from some of this team because they kind of all knew each other, they were a clique already, and it was just kind of hard. We got we had a rough time, but. Having said that, uh, about 50% of the people we worked with, we definitely want to work with again because they were really good, had great attitudes. But really for me, this going into the space thing, I'm just going to work with my family here, people I've worked with for years and years. They know what I'm doing. They know what we're going to end up doing. They know the, they know they're going to show up on time. They're going to get it done. And they're not going to bitch at me if we're there for more than five hours. Some of these people bitched at me for over t- The movie only two hours long, right? Shouldn't we be done? I'm like, oh, no. yes, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, if I ever hear the same, I got a babysitter, I gotta go. Uh, if I hear that again, my brain's 40 minutes on the set, no joke. No. 40 minutes on the set, no. like, I gotta, yeah. Why are you here? That Why? person got killed off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was so funny because I said, hey, hey, do me a favor, go to the door, okay, yeah, and then back up, then turn around, okay, hold on a minute, I go outside, all right, set up the lights, all right, now you're gonna run out the door. Okay, what this one in a script? Nope, but it is now, and you're gone. Have a nice night. Truth. Final cut. Right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> no, sincerely, you all, I I do appreciate you guys taking the time out. Number one to talk with us, but also just coming out, interacting with everyone, getting. If there's any age. honeys out there, Durville's looking. He is always on the always on the yeah. always on the hunt. <laughs> now, yeah, Durville's neck ain't moving that well because I slept wrong. <laughs> That was that, that was after that night with four or five honeys, but right. you know, <laughs> one of them was a demon. I think. He was supposed to be teaching them karate. It didn't work out. That it was like a half an hour of karate, and the rest well, we I don't know. I tell you what, Derville decided to turn it into. Just say the kung fu clothes did not make it. <laughs> but the only thing was wearing was the black belt. There is no mercy in that dojo. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you all. We're going to head out uh, to the Beast of the Water, I believe. Yes. Is it yeah, the Dojo fine. of Debauchery? Dobo- all right. Shit, yeah. Shit, yeah. It is now. <laughs> we will be back. Thanks, guys. We Thank love you, you man. Thank you. It's always good to talk to Todd Sheets of the crew. It's always fucking a fun time. Because, like, his wealth of horror knowledge is insane. And the stories and the people that he's talked to, mm-hmm. man. Again, the film family that you put together. It's wonderful. And it's always fun to see them just... Cause when, Be when, chill with each yeah, other. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful. Again, celebrating all things and their love of horror. And speaking of people celebrating all things and their love of horror, our next conversation uh, comes from the very creators 
of the Slash and Bash Film Festivals, mm-hmm. our good friends Keith and Kim, and a few others as well. And this one was a lot of fun too, just because again, uh, you know, a friendship that's been cultivated through our work um, that starts with the podcast. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we would have been there this weekend without the podcast. So. We try not to wax the car too much in the conversation, uh, but we get a little bit into the um, the history of Slash and Bash, uh, look into a number of other podcasts, and just a number of the other creative endeavors that they're going into. Mm-hmm. But again, and it should be noted, look forward to next uh, year's Slash and Bash, because I know we're going to be a little bit more involved, I think. Yeah, we're going to have a little bit more of a presence, so it's going to be a fun time. And if things are going the way they're going, from what I hear, it's going to be a real fun time. I Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, friendships continue to cultivate, but no. Check out our conversation with the fine folks behind the Slash and Bash Film Festival. We are coming back from the floor of beautiful Topeka here at Slash and Bash, and we are with the man himself, Keith the Critic, and Kim. <laughs> Who, by How the way, guys, we are uh-huh. we're doing well, but it should be not when we get to the introductions here. We're not the only podcasters here on on the panel no. right now, so no, we will not. get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell us a little bit more about where we can find Keith the Critic first before we get into everything. Well, you can find me on Keith the Critic. Uh, uh, what is it's seven eight five dot fm. Yeah, yeah, seven eight five dot fm. I got me, and it's called Keith the Critic, presents the aisle seat. I brought in uh, Derek and Kim. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 that's not our introduction. You need to do the introduction. Come on. Oh, okay. Come on. All right. I'm Keith the Critic, and I got superstar Kim Schultz with us. Yep, yes, you do. And I got Derek the Toymaker, Neil. In person. <laughs> there we go. That's that's good. Now, can we pay you to introduce us when we just walk into? <laughs> well, yeah. You know? Well, yes, absolutely. Can can you throw in when it comes to me from parts unknown? <laughs> I, I can. There we go. All right. <laughs> you always had to watch out from the parts unknown person. You know. So, first of all, thank you for inviting yeah. us out. This was um, this has been an amazing time. We've had so much fun. Well, yes, and we're glad to have you guys out, you know, because I, I know you guys, and I thought, okay, I can trust you guys because you guys always do well in your announcing and all that stuff. And, you know, Nightmare Junkheads is something I listen to all the time. So, uh, yeah. my, our, apologies. our apologies. Sorry. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. My bad. Well, you know. Yeah. What? But I tell you what. Yeah, it's. I'm glad that this is a good crowd. Yeah, it is. And people are enthused about coming to movies and uh, meeting the stars. And yeah, it's so much fun. Well, and mm-hmm. I know I can t- speak for myself. If it wasn't for the podcast, I would not be here. I would not have actually met you all. And I am a socially awkward introvert, which a lot of people are always kind of weirded out by. Yeah. But it's one of those things. If it wasn't for this, I would not be here in doing this. So this has afforded me opportunities like crazy so i would not be here and doing this without uh-huh. that so thank you guys Absolutely. for inviting 100%. us out to do this this is always a blast well you're very welcome yes yeah because i've been in in radio and tv for what, 32 years and i just you know i'd like to introduce people uh that 
that people don't know about and introducing you two guys from uh, Nightmare Junkhead Radio, that's that's great. And I yeah, I appreciate what you guys do. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I do. It's, it's, well, it's funny. I mean, a lot of this stuff, again, I would, when I say I wouldn't be out here normally, I'd probably be attending a festival, but I wouldn't be talking to anyone. Right. Yes. I'd keep to myself, you know, so <laughs> it forces me to be social like this. In fact, I think I even met you, Kim, uh-huh. yep. a, like maybe... A few years ago, when we were up in uh, yeah. Lawrence at that right. time, yes. yeah. Yes. So, yes. and yep. it's that kind of networking and everything that I usually rely on him to be the social one to do things. <laughs> uh, what he's social, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pshaw! No, I'm, I'm I'm the delicate wallflower, is what I am. But I I do know that you know you know festivals like this don't happen by just one person. You no. know, it is very much a team environment, people collaborating. So that being said. When did you initially get the start for Slash and Bash, Keith? Oh, it's been 18 years since is. I've been doing Slash and Bash. And I did it by myself uh, many years ago. And God I, damn it. Before you go any further, that blows my mind. Because as putting on events, mm-hmm. yes, you need people. But for you to put on something by yourself, yes. oh my goodness. How much sleep did you lose that year? Uh, well, I was working in radio and TV and I was doing this. And and uh, raising kids oh, and gosh. all that stuff. So, yeah, but he didn't sleep. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I, I didn't, right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get much sleep. That's right. <laughs> but you know, it's just um, like I said. I've been reviewing movies for thirty-two years, and I never get tired of uh, uh, movies. And I kind of thought years ago. I thought, man. Nobody honors horror and sci-fi movies right at all, and I thought, okay, it's simple. I'm gonna, I, I just want to uh, bring in great horror and sci-fi movies. And that's what I've done. Yeah, it's just, it's something that I love to do. And then um, all of a sudden, my uh, Alan and Charity and, and Kim and Derek and you know we all come together and we all want to cl- accomplish the same things. We want it to be successful. We want to uh, bring out uh, uh, great uh, actors and actresses uh-huh. and directors, and I want the, the the vendors to have fun. I want everybody to have fun because this event is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is. It's just you can. It's only. It's only twenty dollars to get in for two days. I thought yeah. that was a pretty yeah. good, good deal. deal. Super oh, yeah. good and deal. I, I try to keep it like that. Yeah. And when did you guys get uh, involved in the shenanigans? He's. This has been going on for eighteen years. When did you guys become? Were you guys for there from jump or? No. Um, he used to do it at a different location. We owned a business called the Break Room. And then he kind of jumped over, and we had a, a theater and a screen, and so he started doing some stuff there. So that's how I got involved with this. I've known Keith for a long time because yeah. our kids went to school together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he started doing these, um, like, movies, and then we would, we have two restaurants, so we would have two restaurants full of movies and doing oh, yeah. there. And then um, he got he had a stroke. Yeah. And then that kind of slowed things down, and I'll let Derek tell you how he got involved but then we'll tell you why we are so involved now uh, I started with Keith probably about four or five years ago um, I actually first met him at Tortilla Jack's when I was working I was getting off work and many many years yeah, ago <laughs> I, I, I kind of listened into a conversation he was having about uh, putting on a show so I introduced myself uh, 
I'd originally got started in the con circuit uh, as an artist. Uh, I make replicas of the Hellraiser puzzle box. Okay. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. And uh, I still make them. I just haven't done any shows uh, since COVID. But uh, I still wanted to get involved, so I, I volunteered for Keith, and I've been you know, working with them ever since. Yeah. Derek's I tell you what. been my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since I, I moved in, yeah. which is weird because oh, that's so funny. So yeah. it's like not necessarily a con, but more of a block party. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say it does take a community. Right. And it's true. Exactly. That's true. Yes. That's yeah, true. That is true. Yeah. One thing I love about Slash and Bash is you have a good focus on Midwest things with with uh, local independent filmmakers like uh, Tapehead, uh, Todd Sheets, a podcast like ours, Kansas City Horror Club. Yes. There's a good focus on not just Topeka, but like local, like in the outside areas of the here. And I think that's one main thing because you can go to uh, other and this is not a slight to any other cons anywhere else, but there's definitely a Midwest charm mm-hmm. here. Yes. Yep. Yes. But I can well, I can say that I I'm in I'm a I'm a business development, and I have watched so many people fail because of their insecurities, because of their jealousy, because mm. of their not wanting to work with other people, and I try to strive and tell people if we all work together, we all can do something great. Yeah. But all alone, we're just riding our stationary bike. We're not going anywhere, and that's why as we you know we want we want to promote out and go where there's not something there already and bring it to a centralized location. I mean, we've we've done this in Lawrence. We've done it in Topeka. Mm-hmm. We've done it in different places. It's not really where it's at. It's bringing people together to mm-hmm. one common area. Yeah. 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 It's, who, it's who you have, not, not where you are. Right. Exactly. And that's yeah. what makes it like a good, a good mess Midwest feeling because like, we're all – there is something to be said about a Midwest yeah. laid-back feel. I go put my overalls on. If and it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said Midwest, not super rural. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, you own overalls? <laughs> Welcome to the Green Anchors Con. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we do it. We did get indoor plumbing this year. Pretty happy about that. <laughs> uh, we got the rid of the John Hill. Hill. The, 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 mo- yeah. the movie room is right next to the cement pond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like the growth then obviously you're starting to incorporate more and more people here mm-hmm. i like the fact that you are mentioning yes why don't why can't we collaborate why right. do people seem to have this com- weird competitive thing, thing. Right, right. Yeah. Where, and i've seen that in filmmakers i've seen with but i know with horror it's usually a little bit more of a you know we're 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 putting something together we're uh, we're we're putting on a production yeah and let's put on a show yes yeah. and yeah. I do yeah. think that inspires a little bit more um, Kim you just uh, you are is Kimology Kimology four one one yes there it is yeah <laughs> how long have you been doing that that podcast now uh, actually October first will be our three years congratulations so we've done two hundred and fifty yeah. episodes congratulations um, we do one a week. Yep. Um, then I do my other ones. I do superstar segments. I do day trips. It's all about focused around my adventures. Um, and so whatever my adventures might be physically or in my brain. Because <laughs> <laughs> and she and has an a lot on her mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you might, yeah. I, and during, during 2020, 2021, I started in 19. I have to say that my podcast was the most 
is like beneficial for me mentally. It kept me sane. I was able to speak my mind on my podcast because social media was so mean. And if you put anything out there on social media, I've got like 5,000 people out there and I hit a sore on somebody, then I have to spend all day trying to defend myself. Mm. I don't have that time. Right. I'm, I'm working. <laughs> and so I said, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'll just put it on my podcast. If you are willing to listen to an hour to two hours of me talk, and I have a co-host, Tyson, who is an introvert, a severe introvert. Um, That's a good pairing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Works well. Then you can complain about me all you want if you're going to give me an hour of sure. your time. But if you're going to give me 20 seconds of you misinterpreting what I said in words, mm-hmm. I don't have time for you. So that's right. where my that's where my podcast came into. It's basically kind of like mental um for my for my mental health mm-hmm. and it, it was able because when i got mad i'm just like oh we're doing a podcast about this and if somebody <laughs> listens to it i don't care i got to say it out loud yep. and it's documented and it's awesome I, I know with genius and myself it's just an occasion to get together at least once a week mm-hmm. talk yeah. about things we enjoy yeah. talking about oh. exactly yeah it was all it's all about what i what i want and you know, Tyson sometimes comes up with topics, but he his brain, he's so smart that he goes into, like, like um, the poisons in the earth. And I'm like, oh, that's boring. <laughs> so he has he has the scales of truth as his own podcast. And I'm like, put that crap over there. Because, like, yeah. I, want, I want people to laugh at ours. I want to be, you know, kind of be sarcastic. Yeah. And sometimes we're serious. I'll tell you about accounting stuff every once in a while. But... It's more just, it's just a fun thing to do to meet mm-hmm. up and, and just kind of pull in the studio and be a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't know anything about the professional side of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> not whatsoever. <laughs> but even like, uh, you know, coming back here to Slash and Bass, you know, mm-hmm. you've got such a weird, interesting, cool collection yeah. mm-hmm. of yeah. so many artists. Yes. And yes. like literal artists from people that are drawing, you know, illustrations to, to sculptors, yeah, woodburners. Yeah, so uh, Weapons dealers. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I was just saying that this morning. I was like, the one thing I love about this is I am not into horror movies. I don't watch them. I don't enjoy them. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait I, a minute. Wait a minute. We recommended some horror movies this week. Uh-huh. I haven't watched them, nor am I going to. Which one? Orphan. Orphan's great. Orphan's oh, yeah. really good. Orphan is great. Yeah, I haven't watched it. The uh, new one? Yeah, the new one. Oh, I haven't watched the new one, but the old one is oh, no, amazing. The sequel just came out. Yeah. The new one Friday. rules. It yeah. is phenomenal, but it's 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 good. Like it's well acted, it's well crafted, it's well shot. Um, yes. It's not too overly gratuitous. And See, I can handle that. I yeah, I think it's supposed to be more psychological. I can do. I can do psychological. I can do psychological yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So. But but maybe you can watch that. Then. But I but <laughs> so no I Serbian here, film. <laughs> I, but when no. I come here, I said the, the I people. It's, I could watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's such a collective of different people and personalities yep. that you see that like the horror genre. It's not just one. Right. You can't look at somebody and go, they like horror. That it's 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 a little bit of everything, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and that should hopefully would encourage others to come out, even if you don't like horror films. 
there's something no, for there's you something, here. Yeah. Exactly. Some, of the something. Mo- some of the movies really aren't necessarily horror. I've watched some of them and I like it. If not, every time I watch Todd's movies, my eyes are shut half the time because <laughs> it's just too much blood for me. I'm like, oh, look, there's another yeah. sawing somebody in half. Oh, yeah. And that, to me, that I don't, I don't, I personally don't enjoy that, but I like all the other parts of the movies. And so I just close my eyes and I just sit there and I'm like, and. Then my and then my friend taps so me on the shoulders and then I'm back to watching the movie. The signal. <laughs> there you go. All now, clear. Now, 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 have they ever given you the signal? Nope. At the at wrong an time. Opportune uh, time. Because no, yeah. they, they will regret that. <laughs> they will hear about it on the show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I bring out directors like Todd Sheets mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, Patrick Gray. Patrick. Yep. Who's complete opposites. Yeah. Uh, but but they're both they're, fucking rad. Yeah. They're both cool, oh down to earth yeah. people. Because uh, I've known Todd Sheets and Dylan and everybody, and I've known Patrick Gray and his crew too, because they're just, I respect their work. Mm-hmm. And, and Gary, I like Gary. Gary yeah. Pilon. Um, Gary Pilon really is the local yeah. director here in Topeka. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's directed uh, a lot of good things. You know, local uh, directors within the state of Kansas. Mm-hmm are yeah. so talented yeah they're just uh, outstanding because also they write their movies they direct oh, their yeah, movies and everything they're mm-hmm. they had their hands on in uh, all of this yeah. So, yeah it's a full-on production and yeah that's what's you know finding they always talk about finding your film family and finding your collection of weirdos as it turns out it's going to be Filmmaking, putting together yeah. festivals. I mean, right. you find the people yeah. that you collaborate with and you work with well, and you try to make people happy. Oh, yeah. And right. that's the thing. You know, a convention like this makes people oh. happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, I never get tired of this at all. You know, yeah. it's just something that, you know, I just love to do. It's fun. It's, oh, and, yes. I, I mean, and it's like when we put on events. Where it's like marathons or Nerdween. It's a lot of work. Oh. But yeah. at the end of the day, oh, yeah. it's a hoot. It's a blast. And you make these wonderful memories. You meet these wonderful people. Yes. And then it just gives you the, the fuel that you need to be like, we're fucking doing it again yeah, next well, yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you well, feel lucky to, to be able to do something that you enjoy? Yeah. Absolutely. Even though there's a little bit of work to it, I think we've Absolutely. lost that. We've lost a little bit of that. But sometimes you do a sweat and tears and. Um, the other day, someone said, I never get to take a vacation. I just had a work trip, and I said, oh, I make all my trips a vacation. Whether I'm working or not, every day of my life is an adventure, and I will find something to do. Yes. And when you find that niche, that's kind of what we do with this. It's that you know it's 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 11 months of work mm-hmm. for one and a half days. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you turn yes. around, and you're going to do it again. Start back. Exactly. We start back in a couple year. weeks. We start well, back yep. up. Yeah. Yep. Like Todd Sheen. Sheets was just talking to Deborah Foreman, and they've never met before, and and they started talking about doing a movie together, and because he thought that she'd be the perfect part in his movie. So this is a lot of networking, too, Mm -hmm. and it's that's what I like about this thing. There's uh, people or uh, different people are talking about making different projects and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's something that uh, I love, you know, because people, other people from other media can meet each other. And yep. yeah, so that's I'm still looking thing. for my big break. I can fumble keys to get into a lock really well. 
And I have been known to trip for no reason. See, the, the, yeah. the ultimate irony is when you end up in a Todd Sheets film. Right. And you're yeah. the one that's being like covered Ripped in the blood. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh. And you know what? Yeah. I would love that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so see, the great, we need to get somebody like Kim. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. Kim who doesn't Then she has to actually movies. watch the exactly. horror side. Right. <laughs> like, oh, she this is my part. No, no I'll I'm just be one of those. I'll be one of those actors that's like, I don't watch my stuff. She loves Todd sheets but 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 she said that his movies are too violent they're, they're not violent. They're just they're just <coughs> gory. I love Todd Sheets and I love his movies, but yes, they they're are not gory. for everybody. No, they're they are not and for it, everybody. It, it, to me, it doesn't bother. It's just like oh, not again. Pull another heart out. Smush it in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we're like fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> do it again, Todd. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Gary Palin and Todd Sheets. All right, uh, uh, Patrick Ray. They make different kind of movies. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. different kind of movies. Yeah. yeah but, but yet they're all good. Right. They're just great movies. So, mm-hmm. yes. So, Keith, tell us, I'm going to take over. Tell us about our radio show. <laughs> oh, okay. Where, where can we find more of you guys at? Yep. Okay. Uh, 7A5's uh, Magazine's radio show. Uh, if you go down to uh, uh, Keith the Critic Presents, has all three of us on there. Nice. And, you know, uh, we talk about. Uh, uh, movies and just we with this it's like an hour long 45 minutes an hour long and you know it's uh, people who like uh kim doesn't like horror movies that's fine derek um, and i yeah, love yeah, horror yeah, movies. yeah, yeah right derek's but, not know, into hallmark movies yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> oh no, hey no. but you know what here's I the thing lo- i love I hallmark, hallmark yeah. movies yeah. Yeah. I love Hallmark movies. Like, I think they're the, I mean, you, that's the great thing about horror fans. We can absolutely love guts, gore, violence, but, like, at the same time, like, oh, a new comedy, romantic comedy with Anna Kendrick? Yay! You know? I'm not saying I've seen Steel Magnolias more time than Halloween, but oh, I, and I'll tell you what, I got, oh, I, way, I love Steel Steel Magnolia. Oh, me too. Blush and bashful on oh, my signature Christmas, colors. At Christmas time, my channel is on Hallmark. I will I watch the Hallmark oh, channel, all Hallmark if channel we, Christmas <laughs> movies all day long. If we could love them. If we could get a love Christmas, em. a Christmas love story, starring Kane Hodder, Tony Todd. And Doug Bradley, I'm in. No, watch it. no, no, no. It's a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Doug Bradley is the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> Kane Hodder is the ghost of Christmas present. Tony and Tony Todd Christmas is the ghost future. of Christmas past. Okay, oh. there you go. Yeah, no, would he yeah. be the future, though? Would he be more menacing? His voice, yes. Yeah. yeah. He is Candyman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, come on. So, no, he would be pe- he would be future. Yeah. Uh, Hodder would be uh, present. Yeah. And Bradley would be past. See, and I'd like Kane Hodder then to uh, channel uh, Carol Kane in his performance. Oh, <laughs> and beat just, people up with yes. the fucking toaster yes. and shit. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's a shame we don't have Angus Scrim because he'd be a great Jacob Marley. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh he'd oh. be a great. Hey. Learn your ways, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is about to begin, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, if you listen to our show, it's uh, it's uh, talking. It, 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 it's just good conversations by three talented people. And that's it. Well, and, and where can we find more about your show? Mine is on Anchor FM, or it's on Spotify, but it's Kimology Four One One. 
um, and you can find us. We're on like 12 different platforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the show. And, and we wouldn't show, be here if it wasn't it for, for the invite guys. from you exactly. guys. Exactly. So, so, so thank, thank you, you so awesome. much thank for coming and, let, yeah. and letting us come out and be oh. a part of this. Oh, yes. And so, I hope so, you guys want to come back next year, absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yes. You're not going to plug your OnlyFans, Keith? I have an only fan. Thank you, one fan. Right. <laughs> Lance, this is for you. Yeah, well, yeah. And here, uh, our website is slashandbashfestival.com. Yep. Yes. And have you already so started uh, soaking the fires for next year? Uh, we're yes. We're throwing some ideas around. Yes, we are. Nice. Nice. They can do it on on Facebook. We have Slash and Bash on Facebook as well. Yeah. And we have Keith the Critic. On and then also we have slashandbashfestival.com too. Yeah, so that's, that's the official website. Yeah, so inevitably, website. just make sure you're following them out on the social medias. Yeah, you definitely. will be aware of when this is happening. Yeah. Before we go, Keith. What is one of the most recent things that you've seen that you think people should go and see? Mm. Oh, oh. Since oh, you are the critic. Uh, oh, <laughs> let me think here. Uh, uh, oh, that movie with Iobus Alba. Um, 3,000 Years of Longing or Beast? A Beast. Beast, Beast, Beast is great. It is great. And has has Albus Iba, man. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, you gotta love it. I gotta yeah. love Idris Alba. He's yeah, been, yeah, but he fantastic. is terrific in that movie. And the look of the movie. Dude, and the just, camera work in the that camera film. Work, it's unreal. It, it is unbelievable. It's a, it's, it's, I still gotta yeah. watch it. It's a good, it's, it's yeah. it, 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 it is great. You, you have to go watch that. I'm afraid it's gonna be one of those cult classics that people missed out in the theater, but they're gonna catch it up on home media and they're gonna go, whoa. Idris Elba just punched a lion. That's badass. He ass. punches a lion? <laughs> yes. Like in the, right in the fucking face? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's great. But, but you got to realize how big this lion is. Right. Well, he, Idris Elba ain't no shrimp himself, but the, the problem yeah. is that with a lion. you're kind of rooting for the lion, especially what sets off the lion. You really are because you're like, oh, people. Oh, yes. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. in any of those killer animal movies, I'm always rooting, rooting for, for the animal in the first right. place. So, uh, By the way, you know the worst movie I've ever seen? Very Bad Things. So I saw, I saw that in the theater. Yeah. And many years ago. Yeah, but I remember people walked out of that theater, oh, yeah. of that screening I stayed, because I stay and watch through whether it's a good movie, a bad movie, or an yeah. okay movie. I stay. I I, I, <laughs> did you, have you ever walked out of a movie? Even no. Because see, I'm the same way. But I've walked out of one. Which one? one uh, Freddie got fingered. I walked. Uh, I walked. Oh out my of God! It. You know as, what? As soon as he jacked oh. off the elephant, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Oh. I am done. Oh. And I just walked out. I sat through that because. I said that because I'm a film critic and right. I've got to sit through so many uh, bad movies. Yeah, That's no. Right. But I just thought, oh my God. Yeah. So I, I that was like, the one I walked oh, out of. I could oh. not Rip do Torn it. Rip Torn couldn't keep you in? Rip Torn. Especially no. when he started Rip taking off his clothes? Is, no. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah, as soon as he jacks off the elephant, I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm what, done. Yeah. What Too movie much. have you walked out of? Austin Powers Gold Member. <laughs> really? Okay, I, I love Austin Powers. I loved Austin Powers too, but there was something about, and I just couldn't do it. I was just like, oh, it's recycled. I just, I, it was I, heavily recycled. It was very recycled. I, yeah. I just, it was that. It was the first time I've ever done that. Now, granted, I've done it before based on anxiety, but, uh, but this was the only time. The, right, yeah. because of the movie. Yeah, you know. I've never walked <laughs> out of a movie, but I have shut movies off. That's kind yeah, of the equivalent too. at yeah. that yeah, point. It's like, to. no, thank you. Yeah. What movie have you stopped watching? Um. There's quite a few. I mean, uh, you know, there's a long list of movies that I've stopped. Well, watching. no, recently. Uh, recently. Yeah. 
Top of the list. Come to mind. First thing. Okay. Uh, Annabelle. Okay. <laughs> I oh, really okay. didn't care for it. Oh. Now, I oh. generally don't like any of the Warren films oh. because they're con artists. Right. But There's baggage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. There's baggage to it, but I just I, there, I couldn't get into Annabelle. That's I just fair. couldn't. That's fair. I, I yeah. had to shut it off. Kim? Oh, my. What, what was the last one that I told you I did not watch? Because we just Was that a Todd Sheets film? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I watched those. those. I we don't, we don't review Todd Sheet films because they speak for themselves. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, yeah, they they do. Loudly and bloodily, I might yeah, add. Yeah, yeah. There was one of them that what? we just reviewed. Oh. And you were like, oh my gosh, it was so great. I'm like, yeah, I didn't finish that one. Yeah. Oh, the only I, reason why we're giving like, Todd Sheet so much shit is because his booth is right Later. next to us. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan will report back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Todd Dylan. Don't tell Todd. But no, sincerely, we appreciate again, Thank you know, you, you so guys much. letting us do this, oh. but also what you're doing for the community. Yes. The yeah. filmmakers, the fans, it's important. Yeah. It's noted. It's appreciated. Well, we mm-hmm. look forward to working yeah. with you more. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. You know, the Kansas City Horror Club has got you guys yep. back. Oh, yeah. And Nightmare absolutely. John Kez has got you back, too. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. You. Thank course, you guys so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. No. Again, thank you for inviting us. There's probably nowhere else we'd rather be. Awesome. Oh, thank you. But I'd rather be in Hawaii, but whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, okay, I'm yeah. not going to travel to Hawaii. I, I don't like going Slash and bash in Hawaii? Too, many, too many pineapples for me. Yeah, that happens, maybe, yeah. Maybe sometime we'll do a slash and bash cruise. Doing, doing, doing a, a slash and bash on, a, like, A booze beans. cruise? <laughs> B-O-O-S? A booze cruise. That's not now, bad. i got to go on a trip with my wife to go to Alaska sometime in the future. <laughs> I don't like ships. I don't like planes. No, I wouldn't fucking go on a cruise ship. Fuck well, no. No. Because the minute, be minute you're really on the water, you're out of, the, you. out of the food chain. <laughs> but we're going to. Yeah. No, and I like to stay in the food chain. I like to be on top. I like to be on top. But again, thank you guys so thank much. You. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off for right now. But uh, we possibly might be back for more Slash and Bash. And quite honestly, I'm all, I'm really. I'm really amped for next year. I think we've got some good stuff that's going to happen. Dude, I had such a fucking ball at Slash and Bash. I think one of the main reasons why I had a lot of fun is it was low key. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's intimate. It's very intimate. It wasn't like balls to the wall packed, which is sometimes can be cool, but sometimes trust you're me, like, uh, trust me, as the the socially awkward introvert, yeah, yeah, I'm good without that. But yeah, no, sometimes for me I, it can be cool, but sometimes it's just like hey, chill, and that's the one thing I like about cons like that like the smaller cons mm-hmm. is you can actually have a conversation mm-hmm. with people. You can talk to people, you know, you can sit there and, and just either wax that person's car or talk about it, wax something else, mutual interest yep. or whatever you have. You can, you, it's again, more of an intimate setting and that's those stronger bonds. And it's a lot of fun. And the fact we got to uh, meet Arthur finally, you know, mm-hmm. in person, so, you know, it's, it's again, it's just a chance to get out there and interact with folk. Now, we talked about how Squidly Diddly is kind of in the essence of the show and the DNA of the show. There's another thing that is in the DNA of this show, and that is very much set in at Camp Crystal Lake, specifically Friday the 13th, Part 3. Fuck Shelly. From the get-go, before the show existed, a beef was there. Yes. And again, it's not Larry Zerner. It is the character, no, of, Shelley. The character of Shelley. It is just how how just awful he is. Mm-hmm. So that, Bad representation. But it, it, it means something, right? I mean, it's part of the show. Yeah. So imagine 
our sheer joy when we get to realize that we're going to get to talk with someone that was not only, you know, working with one, you know, Larry Zerner, mm-hmm. but not only, and if I remember right, was reading Fangoria right yes. before she gets the Kevin Bacon-esque slain. Uh, oh, my goodness. And just know this. That's about all the Friday the 13th Part 3 talk you're going to get right. in our conversation. Because we jump right in and talking about animals and all sorts of fun stuff. And just the life she's lived after Friday the 13th is fascinating. And we're talking, of course, Tracy Savage. She was she is talking to her she's just an amazing person inside and out and it was the conversation itself focuses more on what she did with her career mm-hmm. we talk a lot about education yeah so again don't go expect a lot of behind this go to uh the camp crystal lake memories or you know whichever that documentary right. is she participated in it you'll get all the behind the scenes stories but i hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with her because it was a blast it was oh, just it was a it was a wonderful conversation we had with her. yeah so we're going to close out with that and we'll come back with our closing thoughts enjoy our conversation with tracy savage decent paying community college adjunct position and then valley college which was right near my house and so i was doing you know monday tuesday monday wednesday there tuesday thursday there yep. friday there what do they say offices in your car basically for and the I most used, part um I, I learned four different um, learning management systems. I learned Blackboard, Canvas. Yep. I learned um, my w- haiku class. I mean, they're all, you have to learn them all oh, because yeah? all mm-hmm. your work is there. But then once you get your class created, it's easy. It's easy. You just import, you're good. Yes. We just switched over to Canvas this semester. That's what I've been so on. It's, it's great. Canvas is great. It's very intuitive. It's much yes. better than Blackboard. It I is will say that. Blackboard. Blackboard was a nightmare. It was horrible. I know. That's what I had at USC, and it was really awful. It's not yeah. into. Yeah, it's one of those that I'm just glad we're finally getting into at least the 20th century, yes. I think, with the technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's where, like, where uh, do you teach? Uh, Metropolitan Community College down in Kansas City. In Kansas City. Yeah. 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 No, I actually I work as an advisor full time, and yeah. then academic advisor, and then yeah. teach part time. Well, so. it's my Teaching is my absolute favorite career. I mean, I had a 20-year acting career, a 30-year journalism career, and now I've been teaching for 10 years. And every day I say how lucky I am to have the job because I just love it that much. It's so awesome. It doesn't feel like work, does it? It's almost like it's weird. You get a paycheck and you're, oh, yeah, I get to BS with some students and help guide some minds. And then they go off and get... They go on to a four-year school from me. They graduate from, with an AA and go on and get yep. a four-year degree. Yep. And then they go and get jobs. Yep. And then they're sending me a letter or an email. It's just the best. It's Isn't the it best. nice? It's just, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. 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 This is, <laughs> did I That's, tell you that oh, I ran into one of my elementary school students when I was an elementary school teacher? Really? Yeah. I haven't done it in like six, seven years. Last time I saw him, he was like 12. I'm at Bonito, of all things. And he goes... Mr. Hey. Reyes? And I go, <laughs> who are you? He, you, you with the hairy face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, who are you? And I said, wait. And he goes, yeah, I was in your class, remember? I'm like, Emilio? And he goes, yeah, that's me. And I go, I hardly, I, you were 12, now you're an adult. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's again, the journey you get to take with them, it's just so nice. Yeah. It is so nice. So, And my kids are mostly first generation students, oh, and, right? And, and they know that this college degree will mean the difference between oh. them getting a job at Walmart, no no offense. No, of right. course, of course. But, or getting a job that pays more than that. Yep, correct. And so they are appreciative and 
and just grateful and enthusiastic mm-hmm. and because they know it'll make a difference in their life and that's you've 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 led the way you've shown them what I, a difference that can I try make and I love that is, it. i love it well and yeah. it's just what we were kind of talking about uh when you guys were doing your little q a there just this generation of families at this point like that have like senior films and I know that you just started hitting the convention circuit and yeah. Genius asked about that, but that's my main thing is just, what is that like now to actually see all these youngsters, the ones that, I know we watched the movies way too young when we were growing up, but to see these families coming about now, what is that like on your side? It's it's amazing, it's crazy. And in the beginning, I was like, they would come up to me and quote lines and they're 15. Like, wait a minute, your parents weren't alive when I did this movie. How do you, but they know the lines. And that's when I had to kind of figure out the, and understand the 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 passion that goes into this genre mm-hmm. and the, the fans of this genre. And, um, and, and, it, and it really took me running into George Romero and yes. feeling it for myself and remembering the impact that that crazy, scary movie had on me as a child. And I've never forgotten it. To this day, I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm still cursing at my brother for taking me. <laughs> and um, I, I get it. I get it now. And so, yeah, these movies, well, what's really crazy is when I did this movie, I had no clue, no clue that 40 years later I'd be talking about it still. Give me a break. No way. There's no way. It's, it's, I still think it's insane. And I, but I'm also feel so like so lucky like how cool is this this is amazing this is so my my little I I grew up in a family of actors my mom was a children's talent agent we moved to LA for the business when I was seven we'd lived in Detroit and we moved to LA for the business my little brother did a look him up on IMDb Brad Savage he worked a ton as a child actor he was in Salem's Lot yeah no I was like that name playing Danny he he did a ton of Disney movies so the whole family was was um, was in the business Um, but I I I just the fact that well and he worked so much more than I did Mm -hmm. he had he has feature film credits up you know, tons of feature film credits. He did a hundred national commercials, but I did Friday the 13th. <laughs> and 40 years later, he's starting, he, he's done a, he did a convention for, for Salem's Lot, but it's nothing like Friday the 13th. The fans are, it's nothing. So we kind of joke and laugh about our cr- credits. And then I do this one crazy film right before college. And and 40 years later, I'm still talking about it, and I love it. I think it's amazing, and I and I love that the young people. Well, it just means that I'll be doing this <laughs> until I'm not dying my hair anymore. <laughs> well, when did it hit you? Like, like, holy smokes! I made something that people truly, truly love, and I didn't think that. Like, was it was it before the 25th anniversary, or was it after? That's a great question, and I would say, I did. My, um, I did my my first con uh, in Los Angeles, and um, it was 17 years ago. I just had my son. It was almost 18 years ago. And I was I just had my son. He was home. I was nursing. My boobs hurt <laughs> because I need to go home and breastfeed that kid. And um, uh, I hope this is a family show. <laughs> or not a family it's, show, no, maybe. No, it's very much not a family yeah, show. Yeah, that's what we're, I mean. We're pretty, we're yeah. pretty yeah. Speaking of being in the family way. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I really was only there. I, I was only there for a few hours. 
and it was really a disorganized convention and so I just kind of left and didn't think it was it was monster mania okay my first real convention and that I think was in 2013 so almost 10 years ago yeah and that was when it hit me like oh my god you know this is crazy all these people and all this I I had not really been aware or heard or just I was so busy doing my own careers Mm -hmm. that I hadn't really given it any thought and so it was that weekend that I was blown away and couldn't believe so many, there's so many people coming out. Quoting your uh, lines. Yeah, quote my lines. But it was that same weekend that I saw George Romero. So it all uh, kind of happened so quickly. Like, first I'm like, okay, this is weird. These kids, how do they, wait, why? They want my autograph? Come see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, 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 why? And then, like, the next day I ran into George Romero and I'm like, ah, uh, okay, I get it. But I still didn't have enough time to do a lot of conventions so I, I did one like 2016 or 17 and then I haven't done one since I did one in the May I did one at Blairstown New Jersey it was a mini Friday the 13th con okay. I was there for a couple of days um, so now my son is older and he can stay home alone I'm gonna try to schedule like maybe three or four a year that's um, wonderful that's wonderful yeah, yeah. that you touch so many in Friday the 13th part three it's such a fan favorite, you know. I mean, with with the, one, it's the three D one. Exactly. It's the three D exactly. one too. It's got that wonderful discos theme. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I used to tell people it was the highest grossing three D film ever made. Well, it was at that time. <laughs> and then a little something called Avatar. Just Avatar. <laughs> yeah, oh, come around and mess yeah. things up. Yeah. I think we were pretty close, don't you? <laughs> right. Well, if if it makes any, we hosted a Friday the Thirteenth yes, retro did. screening of it in 3d part three and 3d so cool sold out really? oh, yeah. sold out i mean rabid. i mean like i mean in like the first hour so it cool. sold out and yeah. it was a 250 seater yeah so no yeah. there's still a huge thing um we talked a little bit of briefly at the q a but let's talk a little bit more about your reporting career because that's fascinating i mean you were smack dab in the middle of two of the most important things in the later half of the 20th century. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, you know, because I was a child actor and I did my first job at two and I worked throughout my entire childhood, missing birthday parties and, you know, not being able to go on that camping trip and uh, I was always working. Um, But then I had periods where I wasn't working and I wasn't getting jobs. And so I knew I didn't want to be an actor as an adult. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to depend on some producer or casting director who decides that makes that decision sure. for me. I wanted to be able to build a career. But I had spent 18 years in front of a camera and I felt comfortable speaking in front of a camera. So for me, journalism, broadcasting, was a perfect segue mm-hmm. and I was at University of Michigan and I majored in communications with an emphasis in broadcast journalism and I did an internship in Detroit and um, I hustled and um, got to go out in the field and cover stories as an intern and um, got help from the shooters, the photographers and the editors to produce a resume reel. So I was only there for one semester but by the time I left I had a fully polished 
resume reel, probably a 20-minute reel with all my work with me on camera doing stand-ups and, and produce stories. I didn't edit them because I didn't know how to edit at that point, but, <laughs> but the editors did it for me. And I got my first job um, six weeks out of school right down the road from Ann Arbor in Toledo, Ohio. And how I got that job Besides that, my resume reel was pretty sharp, mm -hmm. but I was a kid right out of school, and this is the 65th market, not the 200th market. I mean, it's a top top 100 market. It's a big city yeah. mm -hmm. to start in. Um, the folks that owned the station in Detroit owned the station in Toledo. So all of the news director and the assignment editor and the managing editor and the, the chief photographer, they all knew the people in Toledo. So when I interviewed in Toledo, they called the folks up in Detroit and said, hey, we got this right out of college green kid, never been on the air, but she says she inter in, you know, interned for you guys and she's got a pretty slick resume reel. And, the, and they're like, oh, you know, they gave me a good recommendation. Yeah. So I got that great job right out of school. And, um, and then I stayed back in the Midwest for uh, six years working. Uh, and then I came to Los Angeles back home um, in 1991. And I was working for... Um, KCAL Television, which is a uh, independent station, uh, they had prime time news, newscasts at 8, 9, and 10. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a powerhouse station. It was owned by Disney. Oh, goodness. Okay. And they had a ton of money and all the whistles and bells. And um, I was there for three years. Um, I think I was with KCAL when I covered Heidi Fleiss. And um, then I got hired away from KCAL by NBC. And I stayed at NBC for the next 10 years. And then I went to KFWB Radio where I anchored Afternoon Drive for six hours every day for the next 10 years. I had my son then, which was better to have a schedule where I knew where I was going to be every sure, day. Sure, sure. Um, and I love radio, too. I loved working in radio. I love the immediacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like telling stories with pictures, but when there's breaking news or election coverage and you're just on mm -hmm. and you're just going... I became a much better journalist working in radio at, than television, learning how to just speak on the fly and five hours without a commercial break, without a net. And it um, it was great. It was wonderful. So I was I'm very fortunate. I had a really exciting, interesting career. I say I had a front row seat to history, covered yeah. covered earthquake, you know, the big Northridge earthquake, covered L.A. riots and O.J. Simpson trial and. Uh, every fire, you know, brush fires and pretty much every major story for 25 years I covered. I, I went to Oklahoma City right after the bombing. Oh, wow. So I was there for two weeks covering the aftermath of the bombing. Um, covered the Atlanta Olympics, was in Atlanta to cover that. Yep. Uh, tons of election coverage. And um, it was a really great, great career. Uh, a lot has changed. So I got my first job mm -hmm. in 1985. <laughs> so by 2005, 20 yeah. years later, digital technology takes over. The Internet, people are not watching television anymore as much. They're not mm -hmm. watching local news. They're getting their news from Twitter mm -hmm. or from yeah. Facebook. And so stations, TV and radio, um, were laying people off everywhere. And, and downsize, downsize, downsize. The radio station I work for, laid off 80% of its staff Ouch. in one day, including oh. me, oh. because they went from an all-news station to a talk radio, and, and cheaper, have one person mm -hmm. talk, and not a whole team of reporters mm -hmm. having to go out. I was an anchor, but they had reporters too. Um, and so when I got laid off from that radio job, um, 
there really wasn't a lot of on-air opportunities left. I was going to either have to work a crazy overnight shift, you know, getting up at two in the morning or getting on the air at two in the morning or leave town. I was going to have to move away. And um, I had my son and he was older at this point and I didn't want to uproot him. And um, so it's it's kind of a career that's a great exciting career for younger people uh, and but it's changed a lot yeah. like yeah, i don't even absolutely. i don't even know if i would want to do it now i was curious given the changing right. nature of everything first of all ask donald trump we're the enemy of the people <laughs> yeah so right. re- reporters are the enemy so all my colleague friend my friends who are still working in the business who are sure. still out there in the field Every day I hear stories of people coming up to them and aggressively, mm. you know, attacking them. Fake news and stop oh. spreading lies. And- exactly. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. So yeah. that's no fun. No. I didn't want to do that. No. And um, as, as, a, as a white female over 50, I kind of aged out of the business. They're now hiring, you know, I say young bimbos, you know, in, in, <laughs> in halter dresses to anchor the news. <laughs> What the heck is that? Like, I'm old school. I had every color suit. You yep. could possibly suit coat. Yeah. Every color. And when I was in the field, I might have worn jeans with my suit coat. But now, you know, the, the decorum know. is quite It different. is. Yes. It really is. Yes. It's, I don't want to say less respectable, but when, you know, when back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, when you watched the television news, there was a certain level of expectations, decorum, professionalism. professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, and now you got... Any clown with a microphone, us included. <laughs> but that, on the other hand, that's flipping awesome. And mm-hmm. that's what I teach now is yeah. is low-budget production. and rate. Can't get more lower-budget than us. But, but <laughs> the fact that you can do this, yeah. that you can, you have a really amazing mixer that's smaller than a lunchbox, yeah. you know? And it's it's fully professional, and, and that's what I, I teach radio production and video production and and kids today can do this stuff now, and it doesn't cost a ton of money. And I'm, especially when you were acting at the time, it was one of those things that not any you had to have all the specific camera, the equipment, yeah. the yeah. know-how. Yeah. Now people are making movies on their phones. Well, right. That's exactly right. And my students, many of them do. I have in my film, video production class. I mean, we have some cameras for them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them just shoot everything on their on phones. Phone. And then we edit with Premiere Pro, so the Adobe software. But... Um, yeah, so it's just changed so much, and I'm so glad that I had those 30 years on the air and 20 of them in Los Angeles where my family was and a good market where I made decent money. But when I left NBC, the person they, and I was anchoring morning news on the weekends, the person they replaced me with um, was half my age, and she made a third, not quite half my age, not quite. But close. And she made a third of what I was making. Oh, wow. Like, they paid her a third of my, my salary. And she lasted. They signed her for a two-year deal. She was horrible. Mm. Mm. But she was cheap. And she yep. was beautiful. And after two years, she was out the door because she was not good. And she never got better. And that's the problem. Right. And, and that's kind of what's happened in television news is they cheap, you know, inexperienced. Yep. We want to save money. We don't have the money. And you got to do it all too. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, I I know how to shoot and edit and produce my own stories. But I was fortunate when I was on the air. We had shooters, mm-hmm. we had field photographers, and we had editors. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was write them and voice them and to go live. And um, 
now reporters have to shoot their own with their own, you know, with small cameras and edit it on their laptops. And oh, yeah. I mean, it could be done, but I had professional shooters and professional editors, and it just was a whole notch way higher in terms of quality of stories that we're putting together. And you can usually see it. You can hear it. You can I tell, mean, it is yeah. very yeah. much one of those things yeah. where you can see the lack in. But I'll tell you what, as someone that is in higher ed, I'm just feel so fortunate for your students. You've got all that experience that you're bringing because not every instructor or professor out there yeah. has that kind of a background experience that they can really, you know, let into. I, I feel, um, I feel, and I had another colleague, my department chair in Santa Monica, <laughs> say that I was born to teach. That's and and I feel that way. I mm -hmm. feel that way about it. Um, but yes, the fact that I can take my 20-year acting career and bring it in, because I teach hosting and announcing, so behind the microphone, mm -hmm. I teach a class on that. That's um, and then I teach um, broadcasting, and so my 30-year broadcasting. Well, so the first 20 years I teach video production, mm -hmm. so how to shoot and write and tell stories. So I've I did that for as a child and was in stories and then the next 30 years as a journalist and I teach that I teach news writing and and radio broadcasting so how lucky am I that I get to take my entire mm -hmm. life's work and share it with these receptive excited mm -hmm. enthusiastic <laughs> um, grateful yeah I taught at Annenberg School of Journalism at USC and in the graduate level, I taught a graduate level news writing class. And let's just say the level of gratitude was different. Yep. Yeah. I mean, these kids at, at community college are working 40 hour a mm -hmm. week jobs. Mm -hmm. They're taking care of their siblings and their grandparents. They're all living in one three bedroom apartment. On money on their own. Money on their own. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're paying, they're, they're, it's not daddy sending these kids off to graduate school because no. they can't get a job after their undergraduate degree from U.S from some big school. <laughs> um, so it was t it was like a completely different deal and I I love my community college students and I get to bring and they're they're they they're the reward. Yeah. Do they like fanboy out when they find out that you're in part 3? Some of them do. <laughs> some of them do. And um um some of them really do. And in fact, their final project in my video production class is producer's choice. Mm -hmm. So the first four projects, <clears throat> I set the parameters of what they, we do. They do a stop motion video project. They have to shoot 600 individual stills. Oh my God. And then we put it together. Oh it's the biggest pain in the butt assignment. And I say, you guys, if you can get through this assignment, yep. you know, this, this weeds, weeds out the people who yep. are not serious. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. exactly. um, yeah, it's a real pain in the butt. But they, they so creative. They come up with amazing work. And then the second project is like a public service announcement, small commercial. But anyway, by the time we get to the fifth project, you can do whatever you want. And I've had like multiple students do some kind of twist on Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. you know, and some kind of little. Um, so that's always fun. That's always fun for me to have that. So well, some of them do fanboy out. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, growing up, I never realized that my teachers had lives outside of the classroom and not only did you have a life outside of the classroom but you had a you death lived. on screen yeah, I mean, so. yeah 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 it's a, fa it's, a famous yeah, one yeah that's just it and yeah. i like i wait till the end of the semester but i used to i used to rollerblade semi-professionally and there's some footage old footage on youtube it, they must be like what it blows their mind yeah they're just like wait yeah, yeah. you can do these kind of things and it's yeah. like no you have to understand like 
all of you, yeah. the P, everyone you interact with has a history. They've yeah. got a story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. then the students that I dealt with, the elementary, they're convinced that I lived at there. the school. Of course. So yeah, but nothing. I, can, I have nothing I can show them. <laughs> That's <laughs> look what I used to do when I was your age. <laughs> yeah, but you're still a young young man anyway. You he's both are, buck. but he's still you're still a young kid, <laughs> young man. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I'm I love it. I'm very happy that I'm able to do what I do, and I'll I'll teach till I die. I just will. I mean, even if, even if I retire, um, I'll continue to teach a class or two a semester if I can. It's and that's just it. It's fun, and again, it's passing down that knowledge. It's opening yeah. the gate. It's yeah. eliminating barriers and yeah. giving so many yeah. opportunities. And you, I'm sure you you say you have Zoom classes. I do too. I taught for all through COVID. I yep. never missed a beat. I, yep. I was, and my students were so happy to connect with somebody. Yes. They didn't always turn all their cameras on, <laughs> sure. or or I'd get the top of their heads and their ceiling because they just shine it, you know, turn their computer. So yep. they, but um, <laughs> but they were glad to have some kind of engagement mm-hmm. with other people because they were stuck at home all, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a year or two. So I teach now everything um, dual delivery. So I teach about seven classes a semester. Some a couple or might be entirely online where I don't even okay. c- connect with them. Yeah. It's all online. Facilitating. But the other classes, um, you either show up in class for the lectures, and I call them my roomies, mm-hmm. or you show up on on Zoom for the lectures as my Zoomies, my zoomies. roomies and Zoomies. And so I'm <laughs> teaching, okay, everybody, and I'm looking out at my <laughs> class, my kids that are sitting yep. there, and then I'll turn into the computer, everybody at home, okay, and we go back and forth. And it gives, so all my classes are taught that way. Uh, and it gives my students the complete flexibility because they can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So if they want to come to class, maybe they have a project they want to edit and they need, want, need to use our laptops or our computers, our desktops, uh, they'll come to class. Or if they're a classroom student and their car breaks down, they miss the ride, the bus, they miss the bus, they can't get to campus, they have mm-hmm. a job that they have to... Life happens. Yeah. yeah but they don't want to miss lecture... They just log in from home, and they can still attend the lecture. And so it's that's one of the – you probably noticed they do the same thing, and it's one of the great things that's come out of COVID, yep. the ability to so, do this yeah. and the flexibility for the students. It keeps yes. them in class. Otherwise, yes. if they couldn't make it, they just blow it off and not show up, yep. and then you drop. they drop out. They get the withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. no, mm-hmm. it's really opened up. The, it's almost like – I don't want to say an egalitarian way, but it really has – Killed, eliminated some of those barriers yes. for a lot of students. Yes. And Opened up a many doors yeah. showing that this oh. is possible well, to do this. And, and the kids who work full time, you know, it's and if they can't, if they don't, not all have cars and mm-hmm. gas is right. so expensive. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and so they either have to sit and wait an hour on the bus or whatever to get there. The fact that they can do it from their home and take the class is really helpful f- mm-hmm. for them. And, and I'm not going to lie, I love it because then I get to see all their pets in yes, the background. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, that's, my that's, dog used to sit on my lap. I, I put him down a few months ago. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm terribly. Okay. We are yeah, we're both huge, pet yeah. huge people yeah. and we both have lost animals yeah, yes. and we both understand. In May, and, and, but she, for three, you know, two years, she was always, she's a big golden doodle. Oh, and no, she was just this God. Muppet. She looked like a Muppet. <laughs> and she was the cutest darn thing. Anyway, all my students knew my yeah. dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the best part. The cats yeah. wander through. And, and it personalizes it. it does. And it makes mm-hmm. you not a professor, but a person and yeah. someone that's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I'm, 
this is I'm sorry, it's just nice to be able to talk shop yeah. a little bit yeah. outside right. of the horse. Yeah. 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 Hey, so did you do a formal introduction? No, not yet. But we we we, we, we just we just got the, it, the everything miracle, was so the miracle of editing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It just happens happenstance like that. And yeah. so but yeah. we will make Organically sure Organically we, we started talking. Yeah, yeah and it kind of just works because yeah. you're very pleasing to talk to you thank know you. it's it's thank you. it's very i appreciate uh, that mm-hmm. thank you um so let me ask you a question uh, now that this is nothing to do with journalism or any education is kind of now that the whole legality issues with the friday the 13th thing is coming to a head do you ever think you might return to crystal lake at some point in time no <laughs> no i'm shaking my head for for the record your honor the witness shook her head no <laughs> um no no um, as I mentioned in the room there, um, I do any acting job I do because it's fun and I want to have a good time and I want to just go and play and, and I love being on sets with young people and watching these young people learn and do their job and, but I never profess to be a great actress and if I and, and I still watch myself and I cringe. I don't care what I'm doing. I still like oh god, ugh, ugh. I I I was a good actress. I did an okay job. I, I didn't embarrass myself. Um, I competed against Jodie Foster. We're the same age. Helen Hunt. Mm, my goodness. Um, um, Melissa Gilbert. Um, so all of the child actors when I was growing up were really good, and they were really like really good. I, I worked a ton. I was ab- able to get a lot of work, but I didn't have that built-in passion to be an actor as an adult. I didn't have it. I, I just didn't. And in fact, I was too nervous. I'd get stomach ache every time I'd go on set for the first day. My mom used to say I'd get like nervous stomach, and yeah. I was too um, too in control of my life mm-hmm. and of my person. And to be an actor. Oh. You right. just got to be blah. Yeah. You just got to be all out there. You have to just let loose and, <laughs> and just let it go. And I was too buttoned up, basically, to, to be an actor. And so I just never wanted to do it as a career, as an adult. It paid for college. It paid for all my tuition for college, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Paid for my two years at UCLA and my two years at University of Michigan. It's the Jason that's Grant. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Grant. That's beautiful. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. Genius. That's genius. That <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's exactly right. So it, it was, you know, it, it paid my way through school, but um, I don't ever want to be in a position. Well, I have the best job on the planet, yep. so I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm having to go on interviews and and having to you know and worrying about how I look and mm-hmm. worrying about if how if I'd read the lines right if if it, Deborah Voorhees from Friday the 13th part five or right yeah. I don't even know what she did um, <laughs> did that movie um, called 13 fanboy mm-hmm. that we're gonna see here tonight sure it's summer I'm between classes it's yeah. what three well I got to be back on Monday because my kid has a Little league game or whatever. So can I? Yeah, fly in for three days, nice. put you up, have a blast. Totally would do that. Right. Anytime. If it doesn't interfere with my life or my schedule, uh, half the time I don't even care what you pay. Most of the time I don't care what you pay me because it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there was, if I got asked to do, uh, 
you know, some kind of cameo years later for Friday the 13th. That would be fun. Sure, I would definitely do it. But starring Tracy Savage is out of the question. It's too painful for me. (laughs) I'm kind of like digging the idea of like Jason matriculating into a community college, goes through his AccuPlacer. Well, you're going to like 13 Fanboy because that's kind of what happens with my character. I play me in that movie. I play a college professor. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. So, and besides, we have enough horror on college on school campuses well that's true we don't need to do any more make-believe ones you're not you're, you ain't yeah. just whistling yeah. dixie on that one yeah. well and it's great because i'll be telling my students about this and actually now now let me ask you this have you gone to rateMyProfessors.com? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i always tell students take that with a with a block of salt rather than a grain because yeah. anyone can yeah. post on there but yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of those yeah again the modern conveniences yeah. modern technology. well i had one student saying she, her, her <laughs> exams are so hard they're too hard it's not fair we do too much work mm-hmm. and i had another student say Take this class. Yep. It's so easy. Yep. She just she makes it so simple. So I'm like, okay, it's I must be doing something right or wrong or who knows. What do they say? When you have haters, that means you're, you're doing, doing something well. right. There yep. you go. Good <laughs> yep. for you. Good for you. Well, yeah, I don't look at it. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm tenured. Okay. So, so as an adjunct, you yep. know what that oh, means? Yeah. Oh. It, it's, the, it's God. Yep. It's the gift. It is. I, when I finally got tenure, which was, you know, um, like two years ago, I was there hired full-time in 2015 and it was the first time in my life that I had job security Uh, because even as a journalist for 30 years I'd get hired I'd get a two-year contract but every year there was a window where they could renew it Mm -hmm. for for that second year which was already pre-negotiated so even if I was kicking ass excuse my language they they it it was still a set pay because we had already negotiated or if I if they wanted and they didn't want to pay me they'd could dump me so for my entire life from the time I was acting there was no security and then even as a journalist the most I got was like 10 months and then you start worrying okay yep. my renewals oh. coming up do I am I gonna get this job I get you know yes. do I have this job um, so as soon as I got tenure at this community college it's like wow it's the first time in my life that I have job security I love it Take Love that, let, let go of the breath and just go, ah. Oh. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. That's yes. a, well, and you've, you've had a hell of a journey. And yes. The journey is continuing, and that's the best part. And yeah. I'm my so glad. My Three Sons to Crystal <laughs> Lake. Yeah. 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 But to, I'm, to Heidi Flies. Yes. Yeah. I'm just glad, and like Genius said, appreciative that you're willing to come out and engage with people at the conventions because you know because you were delightful i mean you're you're wonderful on screen and you're my favorite character in part three greg can attest yes but um meeting you in person and talking to you thank you it just makes that adoration that much more you guys see how could i not want to do this (laughs) seriously this is the best thing for my ego i could ever have and and it's so and i know it's heartfelt and sincere which makes it even better so thank you no, so much thank you, you. it's thank appreciated you. and again thank beyond you. horror genre journalism yeah teachers. well you know that i i have been live for my you know been in on screen or in front of people or live since i was two years old so give me an audience <laughs> and i am i i never had i had more nerves going to do uh, three lines on a you know on a, on a episode of eight is enough 
than I do talking in front of, and I've talked in front of, you know, two to 5,000 people or whatever. Oh, yeah. That doesn't even phase me because I've just, my whole life, I've been like, if you teach speech, you know, there's certain, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yes, you get a little bit numbed to it eventually, yes. yes. And then you realize there's certain tricks you can do and the breathing techniques that I still do. I still yep. take three deep breaths before I start talking, yep. Yep. And, and it just slows my <laughs> my heart down. Yeah. And so, I, but thank you. I appreciate it. No, well, I can't wait to tell. I'm going to give students that, exa- that that advice and say it's coming from Tracy Savage. <laughs> Y'all don't know. You're yeah. going to know. So, yeah. sincerely. Even every semester when I start teaching, I, my, I, my heart's still, like the first day, my heart yep. still is right. Yep. So I practice all those simple little, and, and, I, and I also, another little technique is, I mean, it's basic, but I always will look over the crowd and smile and make eye contact. Yep. Because if you know that they like you because they're smiling at you, you feel like you've got support yeah. in that audience. Yeah, because I know because we host stuff a lot. Everything, yeah. like at least once a week, we're hosting. Oh my gosh! And so yeah, like there's there's always a routine that you got to yeah. go before, yeah. like overture, curtain <laughs> yeah. lights. Yes. Yeah. So well, you're a natural too. I hear you. You're an absolute natural. Oh. Yeah. You should. You need to. You need to come west, young man. I want to. I, 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 we were talking off mic, and we've talked. To, I want to either be a voice actor or like a character actor yeah. somewhere. But yeah. I think it'd be great. Although there is something said about being a big fish in a small mm. pond. I'm actually right now. I'm good in the aquarium that I'm at. <laughs> Very good. So Very good. I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. Now I do know that you're wanting to go see a couple of movies because we are here at a yep. film festival. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up, but. It was a yeah. pleasure and an honor talking to you. This, no, sincerely, it is beyond appreciated, like, not only for us, but everyone here. Absolutely. Just genre in general. I am very, very happy to do it, and it's, yeah. I'm thrilled to be here and having a blast, and thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Tracy. All right. Well, gang, we'll yeah. be back here in about five minutes, or well, actually, we'll be back here really soon with some more. Um, well, it could be ten minutes. They're not going to know. We're going to edit it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Editing. We'll be back with more Slasher Bash. It's moments like that that I wish, like, you could go backwards to a young Genius McGee and say, you see that person getting skewered up there? Yeah. 30-some-odd years later, 40-some-odd years later, you're going to have a conversation with them. Speaking of, and it's not we didn't record it, but it was another memory had. <laughs> Never did I think 30 years ago that I would be talking to a victim of the Marquis de Sade. <laughs> and hopefully, if you're a film family member on Patreon... This is where, ideally, you should have access to said conversation with Deborah Foreman. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was, it, I, and we didn't get to talk, I, did, I didn't want to get creeps and nostalgia because I knew if I started talking Waxworks and Marquis de Sade, yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, let's stick with generalizations. That works, that works. No, but, but she was delightful. Like, again, I think that's the thing. The fact that like nobody seems like all stressed out because sometimes mm-hmm. at cons, especially like their people are tired because they've been talking to people all day long. And of course, that's what you do at cons. But you know, thousands upon thousands and running around and waiting in lines and all stressful. that stuff. It's very stressful and exhausting. This everything was chill. Yeah. Everybody was chill. Everybody was just there to have a good time and like. That's what made it a success. And again, a, th- a good time was no doubt had by everyone at Slash and Bash. And again, thanks to Keith and Kim for allowing us to participate and help out where we could with the Q and A's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a it was a lot, lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So um, that being said, well, a definitely shout out to the uh, Kansas City Horror Club for of helping. Of course, 
up and out. Yeah, love everyone there. And Mount Diana Baldy, Frida, Mount Baldy. Yeah, Diana. Dave was there. Yep. No, everyone of I don't know, of course, uh, Regina and Chris. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The the initial screening of Tapehead. Yeah, that was which awesome. They are currently working on the sequel right now. I think they're actually getting ready to start editing it down, start doing the sound color correction. Sweet. Yeah. Shout out to Dustin, everyone involved in that. And again, it's a celebration of movies and mm-hmm. films and the people that make them and the people that love them. And that's. One of the things is this podcast is all about love and positivity. You know, we talk about things we love. Now, that being said, looking forward to next week's episode, something that has become something of a tradition at this point is the weekend that we do Nerdoween, we program our own fictional 24-hour horror marathon, which we haven't even talked yet of the theme at this point. Right, but it's coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's always a good time. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. We'll see you in your dreams. On the road again. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it.